The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the commentary booth where we watch and you guessed it commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator Jamie Apps and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of color commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by a special guest, Pario Magazine's Victorian correspondent. Welcome to the show, Jason Health. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Perfect shirt there, prepared for potentially one of the biggest shows of the year coming up. Yes, no, I'm definitely well prepared for this Thursday morning um, show for us. I made sure I am working from home that day, so I can watch this very well interrupted. It's very smart. Um, I have my priorities straight. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, I don't want no one to come past and annoy me. Plus also the guy I sit next to watches AEW as well, but he watches it on like several hours delay with his housemate. So it's kind of fun when I'm sitting there marking out to something, you know, stomping my feet and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's like, you'll find out in six hours. <laughs> exactly that. Like, you know, you try to sit, um, contain your excitement and um, A, not to alert the other people in the office and B, not to alert the guy that, you know, you sit next to and talk shit to all day. The, uh, the one other person that would be annoyed at spoilers. Yeah, basically, yeah, it's kind of a, he covers for me for when, you know, I'm watching wrestling all day, so I try to not annoy him by going, man, how great is it that Paige showed up? He's like, I hate you. <laughs> what have you been thinking of the last sort of month of AEW shows recently? I think they've been absolutely killing it over this holiday break. That, they have, I wouldn't say finally, but they've definitely got back into their groove. Um, I think... After the whole brawl out situation, things went off the rails a little bit for him. And just you can tell it was like, oh, shit, I wrote these shows out a year in advance. And now the big mega wheel has left. Uh-oh. And, yeah, now it feels like they've stabilized. And, yeah, I am honestly am really enjoying them. They have gotten just hitting everything perfectly. Yeah, everything from full gear on has just been mental and the crowds have been mental as well, which helps. Yes, exactly that. Like that really is the key part of it. And I think COVID era has shown that, yeah, the crowd are a very key point of most of these shows, especially the ones that have just gone nuts for everything. Mm -hmm. And good old old Jeff Jarrett is back in the situation. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Get to listen to Wee! There was some classic Jeff Jarrett booking the last week of Dynamite shows. Oh, that so, so that is the actual moment that I was referring to earlier when I was, I was like, like stomping my feet at work. I'm like, holy shit, Jeff Jarrett just won the tag. But this is, it's so bad. Like I would have messaged you going, F this. But at the time I'm like, this is so bad. It's great. Because Guitar Man win. Both of those tag title matches this past week, I was just like, Jeff Jarrett has hundred percent. He's in control of this this storyline. It's been fun. It's been great. It's been. It's different to everything else. It's exactly that. You can tell he's put his spin on things. Um, 
as you know, as I've been annoying you, I've been binging his podcast. And I went from Guitar Man, a pain in my ass, lol, Jared wins as a fan of TNA during his reign of er terror, going, oh my goodness, the Guitar Man's back, shit, to, okay, he's a not the worst person on the face of the earth, to, I can appreciate, it's different and good, but if you give him too much, it just becomes, lol, Jared wins. Yeah, I think... I think if he's just used as a talent, he's fine. It's when he has that, he has the booking power where it's like, I'm just going to win everything. Yeah, because, you know, that uh, GCW show earlier this, last year, sorry, that was so great how that went down. So bad. Everything from the TNA era onwards involving Jarrett. TNA, he won everything. Yeah. Global Force Wrestling, that went really well. Global Force Gold. Global Force Gold went even better. GCW run, the WWE run, now into AEW, and at least this time it's just like you're just a dude on the roster and then you have a background ro role of maybe look at live event stuff. We'll let you do that. Yeah. You don't have the booking power though. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have his mate Russo behind him, um, but we do get to listen to that sweet. Jesus. And Guitar Man comes out. I, I love that meme so much. What did you think of Max? Did you catch Max Caster's rap on Rampage this week? I, I did hear it several times. First, I was listening to it in a storage locker that was echoing, and my mate is like, why are they And I then had to give a me-style 20-minute info dump on why Scissor Me Daddy Ass is hilarious while we're trying to load his stuff into a storage unit. Did you have to give like the whole Vince background as well? I came close to that. That was that was like the day till eventually my lovely partner turned around and said, Jason, we're here to effing move some stuff. Can you please stop talking about this for five minutes? Uh, classic. Yes. And um, yeah, you know me well enough that it probably went on for a lot longer than 20 minutes. I did listen to it again, though, later that night. Um, and oh, man, he absolutely nailed that. Absolutely. I was like, wow. That was that was Max Caster unleashed, which we haven't sort of seen yes. since the what was the last one that he got a lot of back backlash for? I remember some, the Amber Heard line got him in a little bit of trouble. Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the one that got him in the most trouble was that um oh, the Eiffel Tower joke about um Julia. I think that was the one. And then since then, he really toned down a lot. Mm. Kind of skirted the line. This was back to. Okay, yeah, we're going back to 90%. Not 100%, but 90% of you can say what you want. Yeah, it was, it was good. That, that was, yeah, that was a highlight of the show for me, um, which is pretty much because it's the only part of the show I've seen because <laughs> you said, luckily, you said that to me. I love that AEW always clip those out. It's great. It's, it's smart. Like, it, honestly, if there's one part of Rampage I wanted to see and I wanted to watch, it is Max saying something stupid. Uh, and then the other big talking point coming out of last week's AEW shows, what are you thinking of the new set and stage entrance ramp? I was not a fan at first. Yeah. When I saw the still images of the, the dark setup, I was like, oh, that's a bit, just a whole bunch of LED screens. Yeah. It looked like something out of a 2K game. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, hey, like as someone who's big into playing WWE 2K, it's like, this is what WCW would have looked like if it was the third brand or whatever under the WWE banner. And it's like, 
cool. There's a lot of LED screens here. There's a lot of red and blue. Yeah. Cool. We'll say again, that show was well lit. Looked a lot nicer on the eyes. It looks so good now. Way better. Like, again, like I, I was watching part of it on my phone, and I'm like, I don't know if it's because I've got my phone brightness up too high or somehow it's streaming in 4K, but, man, it looked gorgeous for once than the nice, dark, smoky look of the old era. Yeah, I don't know if it was, like, I imagine that they have changed something with, like, the camera settings or something, but the way the, the crowd was lit was really, like, well done. Like, you could see the crowd, but it wasn't like they were just drowning in spotlights. And the colours really popped, I think. If they hadn't gone with red and blue, I don't think there would have been as much controversy about this new rebrand redesign. Like, literally, if they'd just gone any other colours, fine. Yeah. Like, purple and gold, which is kind of what they use for Battle of the Belts. Purple and green, blue and green. Yeah. I just realised red and blue is the Raw and Smackdown colours. Yes. Yeah. Now I understand why people are like, that's a bit silly. Yeah. I was just like, any other colour and we would have been fine. Like. Yellow and... Yeah, like but... Yellow was their colour. Yellow and white was always their colour. That's what I was trying to think. I was trying to think, what was their, what was their colours? Like, I've got a bit of a mental blank. I'm like, it's not yellow, because yellow is NXT. And then I remembered, yeah, no, it is... Yeah, AEW was yellow. I tried looking down my shirt, but it's just the white logo. Yeah, on the good old classic black T-shirt. I think once we saw the, the stage in action for Dynamite and particularly Rampage, Britt Baker's entrance looks epic on that new stage oh really it looks so much cooler like just the way they have like the blood in because there are so many different led screens and they're not all it's not one big wall like it's yeah yeah. two side panels a top panel the middle window and then two smaller screens down below Mm. the way they like put different elements on that to make it like look like there's depth and stuff on the stage looks really cool and then the way they moved the announce desk as well and the way they moved on Dynamite, the camera, like, swept in onto them felt very like NFL, the crane camera coming yeah. down onto the sideline commentary table. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. The, the old WWF crane cam, which was used in every single Austin main event of the crowd brawl up to the crowd. Got to get that shot of the camera zooming into the guy's head. That, that's instantly what comes to mind when I think of that camera. Um, but yeah, no, I look, it is also like, I guess with Brits, if you've got the right graphics, you can always make it look good and always add to it. So if they do update a lot of the graphics for a lot of the other talent, it will be nice to see what they pull off. Orange Cassidy's was really cool as well. Like each screen was like just white with black text. It was just like, put cool orange logo here. Oh, that's cool. Put something here. That's actually cool. That, that is perfect. The other big redesigned part that I noticed on the two shows was the backstage segments. They weren't just against like a flat wall anymore. It's just like, here's a flat wall with the AEW logo all over it. It's like four LED panels with borders and it was kind of like curved. Like it looked like uh, like an NFL network TV like or news news station type thing. It just looked, the backstage segments just took it up a whole new level. Yeah, no, it. It was drastically needing a bit of an overhaul, like, especially considering, you know, hey, we actually are a legit company now. The same stage setup they've had for three or four years. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will miss 
you know, now even though Cody has been gone for almost a year now, there's no longer have the chandelier lights coming down and yeah, no Cody Vader rising up for the Cody. To, yeah, it now feels like he really is gone. Um, even though he has been gone for a year, it's kind of like oh, this is sad. The the saddest moment of seeing that entrance, but. Yeah, no, it would definitely be inter- interesting to see what they do when they go back to Daly's place because they always use like that modified stage for that venue. Yeah, just because of the shape of that venue. Yeah, it's such a weird venue, <laughs> but it always makes it look unique. I'm going to miss the tunnels, but I guess they still kept like the two separate entrances. So it's it's kind of, it's got the flavor, but not the exact same thing. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the impact zone when they change from the tunnels on the left and the right side of things. And then they went to the, yeah, the single one. And at least it's, yeah, and that went from, okay, unique to, no, WWE has a big screen. We're just going to have a big screen. Um, at least they haven't done that. They've kind of stayed in the middle, but they hired the WWE's former um, production guy. I can't remember what his exact role was. Um, so, yeah, you can definitely see the influence there. There also was a lot more camera cutting, which I wasn't a fan of. Especially, like, in a, there was an interview segment where I was like, oh, geez, let's turn this back. Yeah. Um, don't don't you love, like, a little bit of vertigo when you're watching a show? No. No, thank you. I don't need motion sickness when I'm <laughs> watching two guys stand still talk to each other. I can't say I noticed it. Um, I think that's one of the advantage of trying to split your time between doing what you're paid to do and, yeah, I'm just going to watch play fighting. Um, so I don't – I haven't – didn't really notice them, but I'm sure I will – um, this week when it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm watching this. Yeah, it wasn't so much in the matches. It was just like there was one particular interview segment. I can't remember who it was, but I was like, oh, geez. We're cutting back. The MJF one, I think. They were cutting back from like MJF, Brian, backwards and forwards real quick. I was like, oh, geez, too many, too many cuts. Yeah, it was, says one word. Oh, sh- got to get got to get MJF's reaction. Okay, oh, he's speaking again. Quick, put the camera back on him. Yeah, now I know exactly what you're referring to there. I would have preferred they just went, Let's go back and use the split screen because that always works well. That's – I thought they did. Um, maybe because I was just so used to that split screen. I just – my brain just went, oh, yeah, they must have. Yeah, no, I don't – I'm pretty sure they didn't, which was annoying. Yeah, no, I, I believe that – yeah, I believe they probably didn't because logic. Okay, that's enough AEW talk. We're here to chat about, so far, the mm-hmm. biggest show of the year with one of the biggest moments of the year and a potential match of the year candidate what, a week into 2023? Yeah, that's how you know New Japan's back. Um, <laughs> is If it's like, yeah, if it's not like a week into the year and you're already going like, yeah, that nothing's topping that, um, then you know New Japan is back. If, the, if there's not a match of the year candidate in the first week of January, uh, New Japan's struggling. Yes, um, and that's, that's why after I watch that show, I'm like, cool. I'm watching New Japan again this year. Um, they they absolutely smashed it out of the park. Yeah, so New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom 17 taking place from the prestigious Tokyo Dome on January 4th uh-huh. had a record viewership for them this year. Oh, shit. All-time viewership record with 92,409 unique viewers, 30% of which were outside of Japan. Wow. And a majority of those watched it live, not on delay, which is pretty nuts given for us, that's yeah. fine. It's a two hour difference. For the US, this show kicked off at 1 a.m. 
on a Wednesday. Yeah, that that was the big thing. I see. Yeah, it it was entertaining seeing a lot of the posts on like Reddit and social media of people going, oh, "Wait, what? This starts at three a.m. in the morning? Wait, what?" And all the Brits are like, "Yeah, welcome to our world." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, this is. This is our lives. Our mate Scott Lesh sitting up at 1am, not able to drink coffee. I was like, you poor bloke, how are you doing this? <laughs> I felt so, I feel bad for him every year. Every year I always message him going, now you know how we, like, now you know how the Brits feel. Like, yeah, not so much us. We just get to watch it in the middle of the day on a, on a Thursday or a Wednesday or a Monday. It's fine for us. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's all cool for us, but like, yeah, they kind of realize how the rest of the world has to suffer. Because luckily, British wrestling has really live streamed much. Because otherwise, that's us. Like their shows. Like I remember watching that World of Sports um, live show, and it started three a.m. in the morning for us. And I was messaging all my mates, and they're like, "Yeah, shut up. We deal with this all the time." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I don't like this. Money in the bank this year is going to be the one that kills us. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I knew I knew there was something that was coming for me, and and whatever the AEW show is. Yeah, I'm not looking forward. Like, luckily, hopefully, AEW's just tape delayed. Yeah, if it's just a dynamite, I'm not watching it live. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I highly doubt they're doing it live. I'm pretty sure that would be tape delayed. <laughs> but yeah, old mate Lesh having to be awake for his good old play fighting is uh, always a fun part of my January Fourth traditions to <laughs> remind him that suck shit. <laughs> this is what you get for living in New York. This New Japan show also was the 11th most searched topic on Google on the day. Wow. Which was the first time a, a Japanese show was in the top 20 for a day as well. So, Wow. I think the, the rumors that were leading into this match, into this show, played a big part. And Kenny returning against Will Ospreay was a, ma- a major draw as well. So Yeah. And big, drew a big new audience, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, no, def definitely. Like I said, a lot of people learning what AEW. Is. I mean, New Japan is through AEW. Like I'm it, as weird as it is for us to say that, considering we went the other way. Yeah, AEW came from New Japan. That is a sentence I didn't think I'd say. But yeah, a lot of people. I, I yeah, didn't even think of the Kenny impact on it. I'm just like, yeah, it's Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Kenny's gonna be there, um, except for the last four. Yeah, and well, the other big rumor that was, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> It paid off. I am just curious the amount of people that probably put that show on to watch that big surprise and then like watched like later matches going WTF. Why are you doing this to yourselves? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I remember my first Kingdom show was the one that had Jared did where he live streamed the first one they actually proper live streamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, I watched it thinking, oh yeah, first match, flippy junior tag match, and that was like Goto versus, like, just say Suzuki or Ishii. Yeah, it's probably Ishii, <laughs> and they just murdered each other. Whoa, yeah, it's like the f- what is the f- it just being blown away because that was a style like, and then you get like Shibata and Shinsuke just kicking the absolute living crap out of each other. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. Oh, uh, this is what they do here. Um, and yeah, being deeply hooked. Yeah, okay, we just punch each other square in the head and deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, the human body, the neck can 
Okay, cool. I did not know that. Oh yeah, you just drop that guy square on the top of his head. That's smart. Safe. It, exactly. I, I'm kind of curious. I was very curious to see, but I think a lot of people probably see the big thing and then went, all right, screw this, I'm going to bet. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see how many people yeah, stuck out through the entire show, especially given how early this big rumor paid off. <laughs> I was surprised it was so early on the show. That's, that, that is exactly it. Um, like at least if you're living in the West Coast, I think it start. I think the show started at like 10.30. So, you know, by midnight, you would have got the payoff and you would have gone, all right, cool, sweat, I'll watch the rest later. Yeah, East Coast, not so great. <laughs> but then also on the East Coast, by the time most people were waking up, Kenny Will was just starting. Yeah, and to be fair, if you, after you watch that, you go, yeah, I'm not going to sleep. Because, yeah, I remember Karina messaged me as Kenny Will were walking out for their match. Like, good morning. And I was like, perfect timing. Put New Japan on. She's just like, no, i got to get ready for work. Yeah. It, don't, don't worry about getting ready for work. Just, just phone in a little bit late. Watch this. Just just watch this 40-minute match of people murdering each other. Exactly. Like, um, my mate was one of those people to watch the show for the first time. And as I said to him, mate, you aren't going to bed before 11.30. Yeah, pre-show starts at five, but you'll be up until midnight. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I remember, I think Kenny and Osprey started about 10-ish our time. Yeah, 9.30, 10 or something. And he's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I'll be, yeah, I'll be in bed by 11. I did, I did warn him, if I kind of walks out at 11 o'clock, mate, you're not going to bed for at least an hour. Yeah, at least midnight. <laughs> Although I think that match was probably, that match was, I think, short, shorter than the one before. Yeah, I, I was wrong when I did say when Okada comes out 40 minutes later, um, maybe the match will end. Um, I was wrong on that one, but it was funny the next morning seeing him work going, so what did you think? And he's like, F off, I'm tired, go away. <laughs> um, it was fun. So, but yeah, no, it was, it was a solid show. Yeah, I don't think it was like epic level Wrestle Kingdoms that we've had in the past. But it was definitely better than the last yeah. two, three, maybe four. Definitely that. Like the the only thing I thought was missing from it was that never open weight, let's stiff the shit out of each other. Let's just beat the crap. Yeah, because the never open weight match this year was very far from that. Yeah, that was the okay, cool, time to go get myself another beer, time to, you know, oh, I'll go do some dishes, bring in the laundry. I think I went and made a Milo at that point. Yeah. Um, I actually think I put my ducks to bed at that point. That was the, all right, cool, time to get a bit of a break. Love that that's a totally normal sentence for you. I love that you just completely broke. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just put my ducks to bed. Yeah, because that's normal. That's a standard thing people say. That's exactly it. You know, most people, oh, I went to the toilet, you know, had a quick shower. No, you know, puddles had to go to bed. My chickens needed to be locked away in bed, you know, come back and the match is still going. Uh, <laughs> can't believe that got you. <laughs> right, let's, let's run through the card and give some little reviews on each match. Yeah. So the show opened. We're, we're ignoring the pre-show because it was eh, very forgettable. Yeah. The Rambo was fun, but standard Rambo action. Can we just talk about... Probably the one thing that we do need to talk about before you start, how effing great is having Gino back on commentary. So good. He's so fun. Just, just so, I, I do remember messaging my mate going, yes, he is Australian. He's like, 
W, he's the greatest commentator. Why have I not seen of him before? And I, he was just hooked. He's like, this guy is just great. He's very funny. I'll give him that. And he plays he plays the heel commentator really well without like going over the top like you get with the the sort of the WWE heel commentators and and even like Don Callis. Like he's not like that. He's kind of just like these are my guys. I'm going to cheer for them. Not yeah. These guys are the best and evil. He's just like. Oh, they're cool. I love these guys. What are you talking about? They're my, they're my mates. Then you get Kevin and Chris just being like, shut up, Gino. They're not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, is the very normal response to any Australian is just just shut up, please. I was beyond elated. The best part about the pre-show was Kevin and Chris just kind of taking the piss out of Gino. and Yeah, I, that, that was actually one of the good things because I've seen it on social media. You sent it to me going, hey, look who showed up at the fan meet and greet. Didn't tell Tyler about it. He came inside because we were making burgers. He comes inside and he just stopped. He's like, WTF? Wait, what's in there? And, like, that was what caught him so off guard. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I deliberately didn't tell him to watch his reaction. of like, all right, cool. This is going to be good because their commentary stuff is just great. Kevin Kelly knows his shit, knows what he's talking about. Chris translates beautifully which, again, was fun trying to tell my mate at work, oh, yeah, they never had a translator for, like, the first five years I was watching it. They didn't even have English commentary when I started. Yeah, that's it. It's like, you know, they'd be having, a, like, a pretty much promo. You had to go on Twitter and just dumb luck find someone that someone else had reshared and liked this and then follow them and then hope the algorithm shows them back up to find out what they were talking about. And he just looked at me going, what? <laughs> I think the first... Yeah, two or three Wrestle Kingdoms I watched were just in Japanese commentary, and that was a that was a weird experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just I was like I'm just watching people beat the shit out of each other, and I don't know why. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that was always fun, and then you're just Gino just being Gino. Like I really, really, really hope that was not one off. I really hope he sticks around, comes back for some bigger shows. I imagine he's gonna be yeah the permanent third member of that one whether it's he might not do like the random shows but i think the the big shows and the the best of super juniors and g1 and stuff he'll probably be there for and the tamashi shows i imagine he's going to be commentating those yeah so that it does feel more like these are new japan shows they're not mcw or pwa shows with new japan stickers which is what the first one kind of felt like it was this is a pwa show with a new japan banner yeah, exactly. We're in a PWA building with PWA talent. The PWA ring and setup. Yeah, <laughs> stage, commentators and everything. But no, we have a little different of a different logo on the on everything. Um, definitely sets it apart. Yeah, so I imagine Gino's going to play a bigger role in those moving forward. Yeah, and Gino just making references to Aussie wrestling things and shouting out Mikey J randomly mm-hmm. on a show going, wait, what? <laughs> He, yeah. he shouted out Taylor King from Perth. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like that, that is the best thing about Jerry, because it's like, I bet you 90% of the people, or 99% of the people have no idea what he's saying. Yeah, they're like, who the hell is Mikey J and Taylor King? Like, what? And yeah, just me and you going, oh, God, Gino. And a whole, whole bunch of Wagga Wagga references. Especially on New Year's Dash. They, they hammered the Wagga Wagga references on New Year's Dash. I asked my mate, I asked one of my bosses at work, I'm like, hey, we got customers in Wagga Wagga. How about you send me up there for a couple of days? Oh, that'd be a good idea. And he's like, yeah, he's like, 
why do you want to go to Wagga Wagga for? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, nah, mate. Like, I just want to, I just want to, like, you know, help out and grow. And I got to meet the clients. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did that. Very quickly, his response was, what's going on? What do you want? I'm like, what, what do you think's going on there? It's like some play fighting event. Yeah, a Japanese play fighting event in Wagga Wagga in his response. For four days. Yeah, keep in mind, this is someone that goes, you watch that fake wrestling crap, is the direct quote. Why the F are they doing a show in Wagga Wagga? Because the New South Wales government paid them to. Exactly. And he's just like, just left confused. And he's like, you're going to have to go through from the higher bosses. All right, I'll go see him. Don't. Because he knew I'd probably walk in there going, hey, buddy, pal. Just wait, wait until you know dates and then, then start pitching it pretty hard. That's it. That, that is exactly it. Like, plan B is deliberately screwing up an order and then being like, someone's going to hand deliver it to me. Feel better. Oh, I'll go. I made a mistake. You can punish me by making me drive to Wagga Wagga. Oh, man, I've been so naughty. It's funny because you know I'm going to send you a message going, guess who got a free trip to Wagga Wagga? <laughs> all expenses paid. All I have to pay for is my wrestling tickets. Uh, you idiot. But yeah, I lo- love the Wagga Wagga references. Wagga Wagga. Back to the show and the matches. It kicked yep. off with the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships, which is pretty much always in this spot. Yeah. Catch 2-2, TJP and Francisco Akira from the United Empire going up against... The most creative tag team name of all time, Leo, <laughs> Leo Rush and Yo. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of this one? Good opener, real solid sort of thing there. Um, I can't say there was really much that really stood out. Like Leo Rush got busted up bad. Bad, real bad. Bad enough that he missed Bowler. Yeah, yeah, which is, I, I did have a quick sneaky look at before we started this, checking up on results and that. Um, but yeah, like seeing that and... Yeah, it was, like I said, it was a good opener. I don't think it was very flippy from memory. No, not not a lot of, like, not a lot of dives and stuff, but it was still, like, super fast-paced. They were they were running around in the ring, hitting moves in quick succession, but no big crazy dives. Yeah, good, good, solid opener. So um, yeah, it, it, it did its purpose. It got the crowd, you know, got crowd going. Everyone was kind of like, okay, cool. When's the, what's the next match? It was basically everyone sort of thing there. But yeah, no, it was solid. I'm pretty sure the United Empire retained as well. They did, which made me think when it kicked off with them winning this match and retaining the titles, I was like, oh boy, we're in for like the United, like when Bullet Club was massive and they were just winning everything. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be the, the United Empire just sweeping every match that they're involved in and being like, we're here and we're the top faction now. Yeah, yes. But, no, uh, strangely that wasn't the case later on in the show. Yeah, and there's a glaring omission from that one in one of the matches coming up as well. Um, so I think we can both rant about for hours, but yeah, that was, that was good. Then we kicked over to the brand new title. I also realised when I was putting together this list of, um, for the show, Every single match on this main card, bar one, was a championship match. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the six-man tag was the only one that wasn't a title match, and that was because it was Keiji Mudo's retirement match. If it hadn't been his retirement match, it probably would have been for the six-man t- tag titles. Yeah, exactly. But but AEW is the company that has too many belts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
It's not New Japan. They don't. Ha- they don't have too many belts. No, they just have an eight. They just have an eight man, an eight match card, which has a title in every match. Yeah, and I think there was a there was a title on the line in the pre show as well. The King of Pro Wrestling. No, that was to qualify for the Rambo for the next night's show, because you know that's what you do on your major year show. Loosely a title match, title title match qualifier. <laughs> yeah, let's do a battle royal, but not finish the battle royal. It's like, oh, you got to come back tomorrow to watch the rest of it. But yeah, we we finish with four people. Yeah, as you do. So yeah, mat- match two, the IWGP Women's Championship, the first time. We've ever had an IWGP Women's Championship match. Kyrie versus Tam Nakano. Yep. I ex- had really high hopes for this, even with the rumors that were swirling. I was like, yes, there are these big rumors of this person that I'm not going to spoil just yet coming in. But I was like, mm-hmm. even without that, I think these two are going to put on like this epic, this is what Japanese women's wrestling is. Yes. And then, and then we'll get the spoilers with, okay, so. Everybody's here for this rumored person. Here's what Japanese women's wrestling is. Watch this. But we got a f- yeah under six minute match, five minutes and fifty six seconds. Yeah, I was. I was shocked at how short it was. Yeah, I was too. Um, because here I was thinking, you have this baked in audience. Like I've always been interested by women's Japanese wrestling, like stardom and that. But I'm just too lazy to sign up for another streaming service on top of the 50,000 other streaming services. Especially one that's going to have, like, maybe one show a month. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I struggle to keep on top of things as it is. So I'm like, okay, cool. I was excited with the, you know, New Japan women's title thing. I'm like, oh, sweet, cool. At least I could kind of be lazy and, you know, just watch New Japan and get the best of both worlds. And... I'm, you know, again, I messaged my mate. It's the first time I'm watching a show. It was funny telling him, oh, yeah, New Japan has never had a women's division, and it blew his mind. He's like, what do you mean they've never had a women's division? And I'm like, I'm not going to message you the whole that's segregated and it's, you know, it's yeah, how it works, uh, all Japan women's wrestling. Yeah, they've always just had separate promotions. Yeah, and it, it, that I think that was what blew his mind the most about everything um, was the fact that, yeah, they just – never had women that's just how it was but yeah and then it went for like because i'm like it was going to be a fun match to see because like i said i was excited to watch you know, stardom women watch like i said we, i watched the historic crossover show because i was like and blown away by all these women i'm like they're gonna go out there and kill each other i watched the women the stardom show that was like two or three days before this as well yeah I... the julia match that was in that now that's a match you need to go out and watch if you're interested in stardom like i said if it wasn't for my extremely hectic weekend and i probably might go watch it later tonight and you'll get a message at like 2 a.m in the morning going oh my god that was incredible mm-hmm. but yeah i was kind of like oh, i was like i was in two months i'm like surely they're not gonna draw this out and the crowd's like we know that that person's here we know it as a fact just just give us what we want but also at the same time you know we need to show off what women can do this is the first time we're defending this championship on a major, a major New Japan show, and we're going to give them six minutes. I was expecting, like, 20 minutes, fast-paced, really, like, physical, and then we get, a f- like, five minutes of post-match stuff. But I think we almost got more post-match stuff than we got match. Yeah, no, we definitely did, and that's, like I said, the whole 
hey, stand around the ring and just do nothing for five minutes because someone's going to get out. We've got to we've got to cart that person from the secret holding base to Gorilla. So you just got to stand around like an idiot for five minutes. The thing happened. So yeah, like obviously the shortness of the match built in for this post-match moment of Mercedes Monet debuting, formerly Sasha Banks in WWE. Yeah. How did you feel when that video popped up and then she actually showed up? It was like all the great returns of, again, me and you message each other, every little Sheen Ross Sap tweet that ever has existed, <laughs> every little photo of like, hey, there's this chick at the airport that has the same hair colour as Becky getting on a flight to the next town, of you know. But still when it happens, I'm still shocked because it's like, you can be in that town, cool, seeing friends, just wants to go see some play fighting in Japan, as you do. It's like, oh, shit, they're actually working here. I still reacted as if it was a total surprise because it was more of a, you know, how many reports have you seen of, oh, Sasha Banks just happens to be in the area and just, you know, never shows up. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's cool, I'm seeing friends. So it's big. That Valley show, I'm shocked it has not sold out yet. It definitely moved tickets. It's definitely close now. Yeah, that's it. Like I, I, I was expecting it to sell out by the second that segment was over. But also at the same time, like, it was three a.m. <laughs> yeah, it's a two a. It's two a.m. in the morning. Do I? Am I going to be buying tickets? But also, if you're dumb enough to stay awake till two a.m. in the morning watching it, yeah, you're more than happy to spend the money on the tickets. So, no, it, it's a huge shot in the arm for him. It's great. I think, you know, the second she left and New Japan were like, hey, we're creating a women's division. And this chick that's obsessed with Japanese wrestling that's now the biggest, the biggest name and it's a free agent, it wasn't hard to put two and two together there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when the, the video played, I was like, oh, crap, yeah, it's actually happening. But I was still kind of just like, don't believe it until I see her. I'm not going to believe it yeah, until I that's... see her. And then when they showed her, I got like a f- like full shiver down my spine. I was like, oh, crap, they actually did it. They They've got her. Wow. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, as we were both, we've both been fans during the whole CM Punk's coming back in the Rumble. CM Punk's definitely going to be at Mania. It's definitely happening. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, no. Not unless he walks out on that stage. I don't believe it. That was one of the examples with CM Punk's whole AEW return was the same thing. It was like, I know it's happening, but I will believe it. And that's the same category I'll put the Sasha Banks thing as. It was like, this is unbelievably cool. Yep. She looked fantastic. I thought the whole entrance was cool. Um, the outfit shadow was really cool. I'm not entirely sold on that hair, but it's growing on me. The more like photos and stuff I see, I'm like, um, it's fine. I'll get used to it. And she's never been one to like keep a hairstyle for very long. So Yeah, exactly. If she shows up on Dynamite this way, it could be totally different. Who knows? Yeah. So... It'd be interesting to see where they go from here, how long she sticks around for, but, you know, hey, I'm definitely probably going to watch that Battle in the Valley show for sure now. That's Yep, February 18th. What did you think of her new finishing move that she hit on Kyrie? Uh, if it, done correct, done properly or however, like, oh, okay, I didn't think it was that much of a botch. It wasn't the most outrageous thing ever, but, you know, people overreact to yeah. the internet for a reason. Um, you know... It was pr- it was pretty cool. To be fair, to pull it off in those heels, yeah, I think she did a pretty good job. <laughs> exactly that. Um, look, 
I've, was, I think it's a lot better. I always love it when talent go to new companies completely, like whether it be, yeah, she's doing the Sasha Banks gimmick, but we can't legally say that. So here's the, you know, the knockoff version of it or whatever, however you want to look at it. It's nice when people reinvent themselves or whatever and create a new finisher and not just go, oh, I'm going to do the bank statement, but it's the, you know, B-A-N-C-K statement. Yeah, or it's yeah, it's some sort of like money reference. Yeah, it's the money box now. Yeah, that that's it. It's yeah, the money box, and it's like oh, cool, and it's cool when they and Jericho does that a lot. Whenever he you know tends to hit newer moves, like when he comes to AEW, the stupid Judas effect move. <laughs> um, Which yeah, uh, I am excited to see when she like actually has a bit of time to work with Kyrie a bit more. Like I can't imagine she had much time to sort of. Run through it with Kyrie. Kyrie was probably pretty. Yeah. Like even though it was only a six-minute match, she was probably not. Yeah. Totally prepared for it. Um, hitting it in those heels. Yeah. And I, I can know, figure it. Whole... It's fun. Exactly. It wasn't the most outrageous thing. Like I seen it. I'm like, and then I seen like the other version of her practice. I'm like, yeah, it's just a little bit sloppy, but she didn't get all of it, but she got most of it. Yeah. And yeah, like excitement. Like, you're not going to hit it perfectly every single time. So. So yeah, no. Decent. Like I said, it was happy. Glad it happened. Um, yeah, it'd just be interesting to see how many people went, all right, cool, time for bed. Um, straight after that, or yep. how many accounts got DMCA'd to oblivion straight after. I'm sure there was a, there was plenty. A couple of other questions in regards to her debut. The name? How are you feeling on the the name? Yeah, um, it works as a heel name because it sounds pretentious and wankerish. <laughs> that, that's what I'll say. Oh, I'm not. Wrestling names are always a bit of a funny one. Like I said, Sasha Banks sounds like a stupid one when you say it, but when you say it over and over and over and over and over, it just grows on you. Yep. So, yeah, no, look, I don't really have much. It's a name. I think the one thing that annoys me about it is I've heard it said, like, three different ways. Yes. Like, so many people are saying Monet as in, like, the artist, but it's not Monet, it's Moni. I didn't even know that person was an artist, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Mercedes Monet, as in like money. Like a French person trying to say money? Like, no. Is that what it? Oh, okay. I would, yeah. It's like a really, yeah, bad, yeah. Mercedes Money just sounds, it, I understand. It's, it sounds like a name of a random indie wrestling and someone with their first name just starting out name is what it sounds like to me. Also, not being able to call herself the boss is a bit weird. She has to be the CEO now. <sighs> Yeah, this yeah, but that's because the CEO is bigger than the boss. She's in a bigger spot now. Off playing off that boss comment, do you think she appears at AEW Dynamite tomorrow? I would like to say the Brit Banker line, which is always fun with AEW because I don't know, sometimes our streams are so out of sync. So I'll message you going, Oh my gosh, you said the line and you're like what are you talking about? 30 seconds later. Oh, 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 I see what you mean. No, we were in sync. My brain wasn't in sync. Oh, that's rare because it's always me. You said, I was like, what are you talking about? And then it took me like two seconds. I was like, oh, she said I'm the boss. Yeah, that that line there kind of made me go, oh, okay, it's happening. But then when good old Uncle Dave, Big Daddy Dave, comes out and goes, not happening, grow up. It's like, oh. Okay. But he also did say that he heard it from people in the match. And, like, yeah, if he did hear it from people in the match, 
they can't be that stupid that they're spoiling the biggest moment in their match. Yeah. To the biggest wrestling journalist in the world. Like they're not, they're not that stupid. But also if you're the biggest wrestling journalist in the world, you can't be that stupid to turn around and go and believe them. (laughs) Yeah. such as you know what I mean? Like, uh, I know I message you a lot of dumb things. There's a thousand and one dumb things I I know in here that I don't message you because it's like I want to check that out first before you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like ah, it's just yeah I don't I don't know it's it's we it's really weird because you would think by now it'd be like the same punk thing of like oh man I wonder I wonder who's just going to happen to show up but you can't shit the bed that line itself like this has been promoted for so long there's this mystery partner mm. that one line was like it's happening because she said i'm the boss and winked at the camera like that's a whole thing like that's not just an accident and tony isn't stupid enough to let that slide if in a pre-tape yeah and then they then they announced tony which then like had she to get annoyed and i was like okay so there's there's two ways this goes Sheeta takes out tony early in the show backstage and then we get mm. the whole Oh no, what's Soraya going to do now? Who's her partner going to be? She's got nobody. Mm. And then make their way to the ring. They're in the ring. They talk, talk a big game like, oh, what's she going to do now? She's got nobody that likes her, no partners. She just pissed off at her because of what she said last week. She's got nobody. And then Soraya comes out and goes, no, I found someone. And then Mercedes comes out. That's like the ideal for me. And then doing it that way leads ultimately to the AEW Originals versus former WWE stars, hmm. potentially leading to the first women's blood and guts match. Yeah, yeah, say that, yeah. Or then, in my head, the only other way that this plays out is the New Japan deal perhaps has, they're working with AEW, but they have a, a thing saying she can't wrestle until after Battle in the Valley because we, we want her first match. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, we had those... Britt gave Soraya two tickets to the show. Yeah, and that's but then like that two ticket thing's never been followed up to be like, oh, but also at the same time, like how do you how do you not check off gun that would make it too obvious of like I just have these two tickets? Like So like the second way I see this playing out is yes, Tony is Soraya's partner for the the match itself, but we see Mercedes and Kyrie in the crowd. And then they they end up having a brawl in the crowd to set up Battle in the Valley promotion. That's that is a smart one, but man, those fans in LA are—they're not. Idiots. They're gonna. They're gonna they be pissed if that's how it plays out. That's it. Like they, you could picture how much they are going to reject and boo the living crap out of that whole segment. It's going to be bad. It is going to be a joke. It hurts Tony. It doesn't help anyone. That's it. Tony looks like a fucking idiot by the end of it. Um. So. If Tony's music plays and Tony walks out, Tony gets booed out of that building. And that's not the character. She's not a heel. Exactly. So, Whereas if, but then I guess Sheeta taking Tony out, I guess would make her a heel because she's taking out a fan favorite. Yeah. But the crowd's also going to cheer because they know that's going to lead to getting the person that's been rumored. But that's also the Adam Cole situation of like, you know what I mean? He can do the most dastardly thing you know, break Brian's neck, we'll get booed for 10 seconds, but then instantly everyone will go out of the baby, instantly second. But, and it's one of those things, like, look, I do believe she's definitely showing up because, like, if everything's believed in November, the deals were all inked, oh, not inked, 
legally we can't talk to her, but, you know, oh, we were passing notes to her husband and, oh, he just happened to say this, this, and this, like wrestling bullshit. But it's one of those things they dropped the whole shit of Britt Baker thing dead in the water mm. after teasing it for so long and then instantly going, oh, no, 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 they're, they're friends now, they're friends now, because something better showed up. And that's, you know what I mean? That's why it's like, surely you'd be, you know what I mean? Like for them to drop, like that was their hot ain't like the hot thing was, oh, these two are going to, you know, go at it to, no, no, no. Oh, we kissed and made up. It's all good. You know, we'll work Christmas party. I said, oh, sorry. She said, it's fine. Yeah. Something's got to happen there. Yeah. And just like, like Tony's a smart man. He doesn't, he's not going to tease this out for a month and a half of, Saraya's got this mystery partner. Mm. It just so happens to be after January 1st when this other person's contract is finally over. And I understood why they didn't say anything last week or the week before mm. because they didn't want to spoil the New Japan surprise. Mm. And maybe that's why they played into it last Dynamite as well because I guess they were thinking maybe not everyone has watched uh, New Japan yet, so we don't want to spoil it on them. But I was expecting there to be the Sheeta takes out yeah. Tony thing on Rampage or Battle of the Belts, but we didn't get that. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to. We kick off the show where we're teasing, okay, we're going to have the, the Soraya match first up. That's going to start the show. Mm. Soraya comes out. Her partner never shows up. We go backstage. Sheeta's destroying Tony. Soraya runs to the back to try and find out and save her. Yeah. And then we get the, no, she's not cleared to wrestle. Now what's going to happen for the main event? Although it won't be the main event. Escalera de la Muerte is going to be the main, surely. That's, and that, that was like the whole other thing was like, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you turn around and go, screw it. We're going to start the, we're going to start the show with a six man, you know, Escalera ladder, death match, ladder match. Let's just start the show like that. That w- <laughs> wouldn't be the first time Tony started with some ridiculously hot match. Yeah. And that wouldn't shock me, but, and then it's, but if you do that, it's like, okay. Sasha's showing up. You can't be this stupid. Yeah, you can't put that match first and then not have Sasha at the end. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, or do you do it at the start of the show? And, you know, it's... Whereas at least at least if they put that Soraya match at, like, the hour mark in the dead middle of the show, then it could go either way. It, That's exactly It's not like it, a guarantee that she's showing up, but it's. I feel like it's pretty clear that she is. Yeah, exactly that. And like I said, the fact that you dropped the whole Sasha, the whole Brit, you know, if, you know, Jamie drama, which could have been perfect by now to for them to beat the shit out of each other, makes me think. No, no, no. We need we need you two together to be a united front for the incoming blood and guts or the incoming, you know, drama over here. So because that's the thing is you know you if you have Sheeta attack Tony Storm, Tony Storm's a face. The non AEW talent are the faces in it, and then Sheeta, yeah, Sheeta's a heel. All you need is two more, one more talent, and I'm sure that you know you can. You well, you've can got throw in Athena and Athena and Ruby can be on the XWWE as faces, or although Athena has been a heel recently. Yeah, um, Ty Mello can easily throw herself in there. Anna Jay throws herself in there. There's just five, and you know I'm sure. They'll probably just turn do the old school sort of. Oh, we'll have a TNA uh, AEW original on the you know the incoming force thing. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go from there. And uh, yeah, I know I'm I'm certain she's showing up though. I'm gonna 
I'm I'm planting my flag. She's showing up. If she doesn't, I'm gonna be look like a real idiot. I I'm just like Daddy Daddy Dave can't be wrong. You know what I mean? Like he can't be this stupid do say, nah, she's not showing up, not happening, and have that egg on his face. That that's the only reason why I was like, mm, okay. Daddy's saying this. I, I feel like they they're intentionally leaking him fake shit now. That's yeah. But then again when he goes, Oh you know, TK calls me all the time. We just chat about things. It's like, okay, this yeah, is weird. TK's also not that dumb. He's chatting about you to things that he wants you to say. Exactly that. We've all done that at work. (laughs) Old mate went from Seattle to Portland to Jacksonville in three days. Like, he's he's on the ball. I don't know when he sleeps. Goddamn robot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or he decides to then post on Twitter, why is everyone being nice to me today? How good was that tweet? That That was the best, like... I'm taking a dig, but I'm not taking a dig, please. Exactly, because I I thought that was because I barely used my phone this weekend. I thought it was a fake tweet that just was like, "This sounds so real." It'd be it's just funny, it's fake. And then when I said it was real, yeah. And then when I, was, I said it was real, I'm like, "Dumb what? This this guy is an absolute genius." Yeah, so good. And then back to Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, we got. The next match, IWGP Tag Team Championships, featuring yes. Mercedes Monet's best friends, FTR, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, versus Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. Uh, another, like, really solid match, but I just, for the life of me, cannot get behind believing Yoshihashi as a believable champion. Yeah, that's... In any capacity, singles, tag, six-man... Every time he's in a match, I look at him like, you're taking the pin. That's exactly it. And, like, going into this match, you knew it was very obvious that FTR were losing because they've lost all their belts. I'm pretty sure I messaged you mid-December saying, screenshot this, I'll bet you any money they're wrong. While also looking at sports bet going, hmm, here's some good money. Should have been, should have been Aussie Open. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a hill I die on. That is the one I went off like earlier. I'm like, yeah, because again, they would have won. I also love the whole, hey, five out of the six won the match, and the the leader loses his title, but all the underlings win their belts or retain their belts. Like I'm also, I like that story because it also, you know, then sets the main guy off to be off the rails a bit. Yeah, and then everyone else is like trying to rein him in to be like, yeah. no, you, you know what you're doing. You just, you got too wrapped up in this as a personal. Exactly. And it always tells the story of, oh, well, all the others won. So clearly he has to win. And then the shocker when he doesn't win. And I, I, I'm just a fan of that sort of storytelling there. But yeah, it should have been Aussie Open. Goto and that are just there. FTR will be interesting to see where they go next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I like Goto. Yeah. Yeah. Yoshi has to as a partner. I was just kind of like, okay. Yeah, they are. I did read that they apparently had a really good year in New Japan this year with some of their matches, but I haven't really watched all that much. So I was just like, oh, whatever. But yeah, I just feel like after all of the hype coming out of FTR versus Aussie Open the first time Mm. and all of the World Tag League essentially leading and teasing that Aussie Open are winning World Tag League and going to Wrestle Kingdom to get their rematch and get retribution yes nope yeah okay that seems weird at, at least all at least old mate kyle was hanging out you know at a pub in sydney drinking so at least <laughs> that, that was you know i imagine that was his plan b of well i'm just gonna get shit-faced and watch the show anyways 
I just feel like, yeah, it would have been the perfect, like, Aussie Open are here, they're legitimate New Japan competitors, and we're strapping the rocket to them. These, these are our guys moving forward. Exactly, yes. Because Goto and that are the quote-unquote safe COVID bet of, hey, we can't get anyone in and out of the country, or people aren't available for the times we need them. Okay, cool, sweet, here have the belts for a couple of, for a couple of months. And that's the thing is, like, if Aussie Open, I'm pretty sure by the end of this year we'll be IWGP Tag Team Champions. I, I don't think that's a very wild prediction to have them beating Goto and that is a bit average. I wonder if they win them in Wagga Wagga. <laughs> surely there's going to be a well, Surely a good old tag. Thinking about it now, that's where it's happening. Then, then again, I was certain that Robbie was winning the freaking junior tag belt in the uh, the good old uh, Melbourne showdown show. Oh, the Melbourne show? Yeah, which I'm drawing a blank on what that venue's called, and I pass it all the time when I go in the city. Festival Hall? Festival Hall. That, I knew it was some sort of hall. I was going to say Melbourne Hall, but yeah, Festival Hall. My brain's just not working. Wagga Wagga would be good. Old mate, is, old mate Kyle's a good old country boy. No, he's not. He's from Newcastle. Isn't Newcastle a country? Uh, not really. It's like this, one of the second biggest towns in New South Wales. I'm not good with geography. I think it's like Sid- Sydney, Newcastle, Wollongong are like the three biggest. Uh, well, you, you've seen me driving. You've been in the car and my direction skills. I am an idiot. But yeah, yeah, at least it's in his state. I imagine that's where they win him. That'd be cool, seeing them win him at home. Yeah, exactly. You know, wogga wogga. The other major talking point from that match was how I still cannot get over how tight FTR cut getting to this show. Oh, that is... Clearly not intentional. Like, yeah, there's been flight chaos in the US the last like month. Oh, yeah. But for them to get there literally hours before the show started. See, that's what I was just, I was certain I'm like, surely TK just get the, the private jet out. It's like, all right, let's just go. Yeah, I'm just saying. He could. I'm just saying. If they flew from Seattle. There's a Concorde there. They just fire that thing up and off you go. He's got the money. I don't think they flew from Seattle though, because they weren't on that Seattle show. But isn't like Seattle again? We do reiterate to our previous discussion. I'm not good at geography. Isn't Seattle closest to New, like Japan as a hub to get there? Yeah, but they weren't there. They weren't there because that was the same day. I would have thought they would have flown out. Yeah, I would have thought they would have flown out of Seattle or San Francisco. No, because I'm pretty sure they had they had Mexico the, like the weekend before New Japan. Yeah. So then they went from Mexico where they lost the belts back to Florida where they live, I think. Yeah. From Florida, they would have flown to probably LA or San Fran. Uh, yeah, and then like left from and there. And from one of those to Japan. But yeah, yeah flat chaos, they got there. I think Dax or Cash posted on a, like an Instagram story and I'm pretty sure the pre-show had started. Yeah. Um, and they were in a car on the way to the, the venue. Like, oh, geez, that's fun. 14-hour flight immediately into a match on one of the biggest shows of the year. Which is where the match was very, yeah. Like, I'm beyond shocked. Like, I, I can't even function after a 14-hour flight, let alone imagining doing something like that. Against people that I don't think they've ever wrestled. Yeah, and in a language, I, I, I'm going to take a limb here and say that um, none of them speak Japanese. Yeah, I, c- I can't imagine Dax and Cash speak fluent Japanese. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be too much of a prick by saying that, but 
I, I think it's not unreasonable to think two country boys from you know the southern US are fluent in Japanese. They could be big anime fans. Goto and Yoshihashi probably have very broken English, but yeah. With those factors in mind, this match was pretty good. But other than that, I was kind of like, largely forgettable. Yeah, I'm a bit salty that um, FTR never got a really good New Japan run, um, which was a bit, yeah, because I think they defended the belts on a random New Japan show in November, and then that was it. Like, oh, I think they did, the, obviously, the UK show, but, like, Japan. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't go to Japan and do, like, a six-week tour. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, defend the belts here, defend the belts there. Or World Tag League. Like, send them to do World Tag League. Yeah. That would have been smart. Oh, but yeah, so at least, yeah, they've dropped them. Their AEW storyline continues, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go next. Uh, and then from there, we moved on to another ta- another title match, a brand new title, the ugliest title I've ever seen. Oh. The NJPW World TV Championship between Zack Sabre and Ren Narita. Yeah, that is so ugly. It, it looks like it looks like a actual, like a trophy more than a belt yeah it's it looks like the sort of belt you get for like a fantasy league yeah or hey a non-wrestling fan make a belt employee of the year award yeah that's that that that's more what it looks like it's like oh okay cool we're doing another one of these mm, yeah not a nice belt it and the, the kopw title both look terrible the straps look really cheap and like stiff Oh, the shit brown. Even the KAPW one is blue, but like they're just real stiff. Yeah. They look, they don't look like leather. Um, the KAPW one even has Velcro on it and it's not even blue Velcro. It's a black strip of Velcro as the, oh the buckles. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Uh... It's so cheap and tacky. But belts aside, this was a really solid technical match as expected with Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. And I think he did a good job of highlighting Ren Narita and the potential that kid has. Yeah, um, I'm I'm beyond shocked. I, I, me and Tyler were kind of like shit talking with each other, going, "Oh, it's a belt for all the um, up and comers and all the newbies." Zack Saber Junior wins, and then Zack Saber Junior wins it. Who's thirty six or something? Is he thirty six? I thought he was twenty. I thought he was like thirty two or something. Because I'm pretty sure they said that he was young, and I'm like, wait, what? No, Zack Sabre's not young. Yeah, I'll, if you Google it, I bet you any money, because if I Google it, I'll somehow get sidetracked it. 35, born on the best birthday of all time, the 24th of July, except he's a year earlier than me, 1987. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, wait a second, is that my missus' birthday or not? Um, yeah. Now I know why I'm such a big Zack Sabre <laughs> fan. <laughs> the random things you find out um, when you're Googling things. So yeah, he's 35 and this is supposed to be a, a title for up and coming guys. I guess I guess they put it on him to like establish some sort of legacy with this belt. Very obviously definitely winning it because the thing is was, you want to establish the belt first. Oh, solid match and then the post show, the post match stuff as well, which was The post match stuff was the big talking point from this where he rejoined TMDK mm. back with Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste from their prior days in together in Noah, mm. and based on this interaction after the sh- the match, and then the backstage interviews, and then what happened on News Dash, it looks like there's some pretty big things in store for TMDK in 2023, and 
looks like Australian wrestling cards could do a whole TMDK set. Yes. There are so many members of this now. Yeah, and the, the random shout-outs, thanks to Gino as well, that got a nice little uh, nice little shout-out as well from this that, you know, I'm sure you were sitting there right down there going, wait, do I have him on, on the cards yet? Um, there. And also I'm – because I'm pretty sure after that is when Gino announced, oh, yeah, Tushami is coming down to Australia, which makes me think, oh, they're getting Zack Sabre Jr. soon. Random. Yeah, I imagine TMDK are probably one of the the highlights on that that tour. I wouldn't say it's too out of left field that, you know, the new faction, which, again, is nice to see that, you know, we're getting a new faction that looks pretty solid. Yeah, a faction that lost their leader recently. Yeah, Shane Jonah has left and he's off to other things. But, um, yeah, no, Zach Sabre Jr. is a very solid second choice or, you know, new leader there. I'm also glad it was Zach and not just someone else random on the roster. Mm. Like, he, he has a history yes. as a TMTK member, so it wasn't just like, oh, we need an established guy, like a, a New Japan regular to lead this faction now. It's like, no, you've been with them before. You can, yeah. you have this. In keeping in true New Japan fashion, let's keep all the English-speaking people together and in their own factions of because you know they haven't done that enough with your bullet clubs united empires and such so no it definitely seems like they're they're definitely going all in on them um they've got their own, own little young boy there as well now that was a crazy moment too since when does a young lion get drafted into a faction when zach Sabre jr says i will do whatever the f i want <laughs> yeah i i want my young boy <laughs> okay that's that's it. I, I ain't carrying my own suitcases, all right? I, I need someone on retainer. Um, but, yeah, they've got their own young boy. That, he can have a shirt. That's that, all he's It's so random because I'm like, oh, I'll, I thought they will do the whole, ah, oh, join my faction, join my faction, and then basically just beats up the two, you know, unknown sort of thing there. Yeah, that's what I thought. They're just going to beat down this young boy, like, young lion, like, here you go, we're just going to beat the crap out of you just to establish ourselves as heels. But I'm like, no, he's, he's cool. He can be our roadie. That's it, and the same as like when they gave the shirt to um, Zack Sabre Jr. Because I'm like, this is again, I'll admit, I kept an eye on New Japan during COVID, but you know, haven't really been following all that much. So I'm like, oh, Shane Haston, that okay, I'll see what happens here. I thought Zack Sabre Jr. was just going to beat, kick him in the head, or someone was going to run out and, and you know, walk away. Yeah, instead, it's like, no, for a team. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, Suzuki Gun is done now, so. Yes, no, I'm all... Cool to see him move across. Uh, and I will announce here now early, Shane Haste is officially on Australian Wrestling Cards. Very nice, very nice, very big get. Pretty stoked. Yeah. That. When, when he popped up, I was like, ah, oh, sweet, cool, Shane Haste. And then all of this interaction happened, I was like, even better. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that was your whole sort of going, yes, this is perfect. I was like, this, this could not have been better timing. So thanks for that one, Shane. And then we moved on to... For me, the worst match on the card, the never open weight championship. Carl Anderson defending against Tamatonga, uh, putting it bluntly, a boring formulaic match with a pretty botched finish. Yeah, I don't even think I've seen the finish. I, I think I was too tall, was handing him a beer at that time. I was too busy doing the twist top thing to even, because it's like, hey, you see the botch? I'm like, what? Basically, Tama hit. Carl Anderson's gun stun and Carl didn't take it right. How do you not take your own finish right? Yeah, well, 
like as I said to you earlier, this was the match of like, cool. I better go put puddles to bed. I better go look after my chickens and put them to bed. Make sure they got water. Yeah. Um. You know that that was the bigger of the importance of then. Oh yeah. It was. It was actually. I waited to see whether or not AJ or Finn came out with um Carl, and I'm like, all right, did by himself. So all right, puddles bed. A- AJ hurt his ankle like the week before, so if. He may have been planned, but then, yeah, that didn't happen. But but also, I wouldn't be shocked if it was just more of a, hey, we know if we tweak this one little thing out, everyone's going to run with it, even though, like, AJ's like, man, I've got a house show that night. I'm not in, you know, I've got better things to do. Mm. The thing that tipped me off to this was going to be a, a dud. Carl never even took his shirt off. The, the thing that tipped me off of being a dud was Carl Anderson showed up. <laughs> that, that was what I was... <laughs> that was my big... Not known for trying most of the time. And yeah, that's his whole gimmick, too. It's like my whole gimmick is I get paid a lot and I don't try. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that's a good gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Nash did that one. It was cool because he's tall and legitimately looked like he doesn't give a shit. Orange Cassidy has that gimmick of I don't try. <laughs> yeah. He then goes and has banger matches and you're like, okay, so he's not trying and he's this good. Whereas Carl goes out and has, doesn't try and has duds. That nobody cares about. If, if anything, Carl Anderson has done one good thing because it seems like he was just scouting talent for, you know, Higalelu and um, Tamatonga. So, you know. He just went went back to get his old Bullet Club buddies. Um, yeah, he's like, hey, mate. Um, oh, what's this paperwork I just left on the table? Oh, man, oh, that's awkward. Oh, you know, don't, don't look at it before your contract expires. But, you know, oh, man, I just left this bit of paper lying around. This whole match just made me remember, like, remember when. Carl and Tama were both really cool. Yeah. Like, but they've fallen so far from the peak Prince Devitt leading Bullet Club era. Like, yeah. These guys, these are just guys now. That's it. Tama Tonga just def- definitely showing a bit of his age. I remember Tama in the black tights with the white, like, yeah. face paint with the red, like, stripe on the, the beard. I was like, that was a cool character. And now he's just off brand generic Iron Man. Yeah. That, that, when he came out in the Iron Man suit, I'm like, really? It's like Iron Man from Wish. Yeah, it's like, cool, bro. Um, Samoan Iron Man from Wish. Yeah, that's it. It's like, cool. Um, no, the Avengers was like a couple of years ago, you know, sort of thing there. And again, it was like, ah, oh, sorry, that also tipped me off of this match is going to be average when, like, I think he's worn that for the last God knows how long um, outfit. But yeah, um, I remember like the, the Gorilla of Destiny versus the Young Bucks was the ultimate dream match, and we finally got that. And then, yeah, he's now someone that I'm like, oh, he's going to WWE. Right. Cool. Yeah, that was my reaction when the, the news break that WWE has interest in both Tama and Hikaleo. I was like, if they head there, I'm not going to miss them in the slightest. Yeah, that was it. Um, you know, whatever. Actually, actually, mine was, I see my Apple Watch, Jamie Apps has sent you something. I looked at it and it, something from Twitter from Sheen Ross Sapp. I like instantly drop it up to go run to my phone. I'm like, okay, this is either going to be really messed up or really like, <laughs> um, sort of thing. And it was neither. It was kind of just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, oh, all right, cool. I'm going to go back to like sorting my mate's cables out into a storage container. Like, yeah, all right, cool. Like, I, I guess it's back to, yeah, back to whatever I was doing at 11 or 30 at night. Um, but yeah, the the match was. Um, I'm having more fun just talking 
yeah, talking dumb shit to you, then, yeah, watching that, I was like, yeah, that's... So the next match happened. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just like, what? The, the never open weight belt, like, it has never been amazing. Mm. Like, I think when Ishii held it and maybe when Jay White had it for a little while, it was kind of cool. Mm. Now it's just there and I don't know what they're going to do if Tama leaves. Who are they going to put it on? Probably just put it back on Ishii or Suzuki, just like, yeah. You guys, you guys have it and just go and kill each other, like whatever. Yeah, it's it's one of those belts. It's like ah, uh. such a nothing belt at this point. Remember when they tried to do something with it with um Osprey and um Ibushi, and it was like the forbidden door card of like, oh, juniors can now fight heavyweights if you hold this special title. I think that lasted for about a week. Yeah, well, that's that has been what this belt is supposed to be. Like juniors and heavyweights can go for it because it's an open weight belt. But yeah, it's. Predominantly just being heavyweight dudes. Yeah. And dudes like, dudes that are moving up. Yeah. Or just kind of like, ah, oh, we don't really have much for you at the moment. Here, go play with this. Um, Maybe they put it on like a Despy or something and have him move up to the heavyweights. Yeah. Or, you know, just use it as a way yeah, to transition upwards, see how it goes. Or, or you know, hey, look, just, just play with this for a bit. We don't care. Yeah. Then we moved on to another kind of match that was just, on the card. Yep. The six-man tag team match, Keiji Mudo's retirement, or New Japan retirement match. Keiji Mudo, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shota Umino versus Los Ingobernables de Hopon, mm-hmm. which was Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Ushi. Mm-hmm. Again, a largely skippable match. Also weird that Muta didn't take the pin. Yeah, that was, that was weird. Like, you're retiring. Shouldn't you be putting over, like, a Naito or a Sonata or something? Yeah, because, you know, you always go out on your back. But he was out of the building before the match was over. Yeah, um, which is um, everyone said that, like, last week. It's like, yeah, he's, he's the match is over. He's done. He's out of here. Um, it was good that they gave Shooter something, mm-hmm. and they used it correctly because, again, I guess out of everyone in that match, he probably is the one that, could use the win, um, even though, like, you, know, you could argue Naito could always do it for win because he is the best. But, you know, they have uh, they have put that rocket on Shooter's back and they are shooting him to the moon, pun intended. Yeah. He does have a lot of potential, especially, mm. like, the Mox tie-ins, the, the matches with Osprey. Like, I can see him being a massive star. Yeah. But didn't, like, Muta, uh, Mudos train Sonata? So it would have been... Yeah. It would have made sense for Sonata to beat him, I would have thought, as like a respect thing, like master passing the torch to the te- to the student. Yeah. Um, it was just a match. that's was kind of like, oh, whatever. That was weird. That was it. Because it's like, oh, it's no, it's Keiji Muda's last match. And, you know, it, the giant Muda and this Muda and that Muda. It's like this weird, like, it's so funny of a retirement of like... <gasps> It's the same person. Like, I, I kind of want to see it more. Like, someone goes from their retirement tour and just does all their gimmicks in an order of, like, well, yeah, it's my retirement tour. Jericho and Foley's retirement tour runs for 10 years. Yeah, that's it. It's like, this is the last ever dude love match. This is the last ever. Like, it's just so dumb. Oh, that'd be great. I, that, that is that'd be genius. And that's like, what a, I would pay. That is how I'd pay to see Jericho's retirement tour, which is basically what he's done in AEW recently. And just yeah. like, no, this is advertised. Lionheart, The List, Y2J, um, The Wizard, The Influencer. Oh, Jesus. 
the guy that, yeah, like all of his just weird and wonderful gimmicks over the years, the man of 10,000 holds, that's what I just want to see a Moodle run like that. And 15,000 characters. <laughs> just, you know, I, I want to see that. That's, that. that is the one thing I laughed about it because, like, yeah, again, Tyler was like, didn't, didn't KG Muta, didn't Muta retire the other day at Noah? I'm like, yes, that was Muta. Yeah. Not KG That was Muta. great. That oh was God, great oh, Muta's sorry, final great match. Muta. Sorry, my own joke there. And that was a great match. Yeah, that was good. That was, Shinsuke showed up. That was great. And then, yeah, you got- Shinsuke tried. Yeah. Carl Anderson, not so much. <laughs> so it wasn't a WWE directive of just like, just take it easy on these matches. Yeah, and also at the same time, the, on that Noah thing, did you know it was WWE Superstar Shinsuke Nakamura? WWE Superstar? WWE. They Michael called that one. Oh, boy. That's what I was like. If they do that during, like, I already wasn't paying attention to that match, but if they were just going to go WWE, I was, like, almost tempted to start taking shots, um, <laughs> which would then be you telling me what happened to the rest of the show. I'm like, I, I, I don't remember that. And it's like I was playing shots to fucking WWE Superstar. The match before that, though, that was insane. Oh, that, that, that Falcon Harrow. I don't watch much Noah, but that uh, Falcon Arrow off the top rope onto the apron to the floor. Jesus Christ. My, my back hurts watching that. I watched it and I was like, you just killed that guy. He's dead. He has a broken back in 15 places. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm laying on the couch trying to book stuff for my holiday, which I should have booked maybe three to four months ago. And I'm like, no, 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 MacBook down, time to watch this. Um, that was insane. And I, yeah, I don't really watch a lot of Noah. Um, but yeah, then you have... That, that show actually sold me on Noah, like... Their production value is incredible. Yeah, that is something that if someone reminds me, hey, like this is their next big show, because I, I don't know how they work and all sorts of stuff. It's like, hey, this is the show, the best one to watch. They've got the new, the new Japan crossover show at the end of the month. Yeah, and then I think that ties into, yeah, then that ties into Muta, Muta's, Muta's last match with Sting and Darby, as random as that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be pretty crazy. That, again, that would be absolutely off, off the rails. I don't know who he's facing for that. Following that like weird lull in the middle of Wrestle Kingdom, we came back with three pretty solid concluding matches for the, the show. First off with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship four-way match. Yeah. Taiji Ishimori versus Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado versus Master Wato, who was a weird inclusion for me, but yeah, probably one of the better compatriots combatants in this match like he had a great match yeah master what made me go you've you've got bird brains sitting in a pub in sydney again i'm pretty sure that's probably one of his favorite places i don't know if the pub had pokies or not i'm sure that probably would have made it better for him you know he's sitting in sydney imagine playing big red while the match is going on going screw this max max um (laughs) annoyed he's not in the match it's just how i picture that went down probably getting some good um re-triggers on it with the kangaroo in the tree, but nonetheless, it was a good good showing. Like I love the four ways when they do them on Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think the last time they did it was the one with Osprey and that, and yep. it just always yeah, goes off. It, it goes off because they love a junior heavyweight four way, and it's perfect. You go bang 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 bang, and it's just off the rails. Um, and yeah, Hiromu coming out on top is how it should have been. I never really connected with Master Wado up until this match, but I thought he had. A great showing. He like actually solidified himself as okay. This is a legitimate dude that they seem to have some faith in. Mm. But Hiromu was definitely the right call. 
Yeah. And the the person that needed to walk out of this and set up some future matches, uh, I do recall Robbie calling him out. They've called out Ishimori. Called out the champion a while back mm. saying, next time Tamashi's here, you're coming back. So yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. If they bring Takahashi down for that show, even though it's like a week before I leave, I uh, will have to go. Yeah, no, um, that's definitely something because, again, I, when I was at my mate's place and, like, we're packing in that, and I'm like, hey, you know how we've got all these plans and, like, I'm leaving the cut. I'm not going to be here for the whole of March and I've got a thousand things ones on do. What you doing on February 3rd? Which I'm like, this is going to be fun. And if they turn around and say Hiromi versus Robbie on that show. That's a banger. That's an incredible match. I might even have to drive up to Sydney for that. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I would imagine if they're going to give Robbie a title match, it would be in Sydney, not Melbourne. You, you would you would think so. But also somehow Melbourne just tends to always just go, what, what? No, screw it. We're doing it here. I'm trying to think, what junior heavyweights? Oh, they could give, does Slex count as a junior? Jack, like heavyweight. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Uh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't count as a junior. What juniors do you have in Melbourne that are in the country at the moment, not overseas? I was, was going to say, um, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure going off most of my Instagram feed, it's time. It's either, hey, that looks like Santa Monica Beach. It's is it Santa Monica Beach or is it um St Kilda Beach? Is kind of the or you know in Sydney, it's Bondi Beach or Santa Monica Beach is the game you're playing of. Where is this person today? Um, man, there there are quite a few, and I know I'm trying. I'm trying to. Th- I I know who I'm because Brooksy's not in the country. Yeah, no, Bro- Brooksy's uh off living it up in the US. Um, and like in Melbourne, he would have been my top choice, but he's not in the country. Yeah, the, the, yeah, no, and Robbie is more Sydney based. Mick is Sydney based. I would I would have said um Royce, but he's retired. Royce is semi-retired. Yeah, so he that would be a whole other level of um, off the rails. But yeah, oh man. Can't think of any junior heavyweights in Melbourne that would fit the bill. I, I, I swear later tonight I'll probably message you going, oh yeah, and we'll both go, how did we forget about blank? But my mind is just completely gone, yes. I guess Slex also has the match against the Carter, so he's technically a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. That ruins that. Because I was like, Eh, they could chuck him in there and say he's a junior like they did with uh, Shingo Shingo for two years. He's a junior heavyweight. He's a junior heavyweight. Yeah, he's massive. He's bigger than some of the heavyweights. Yeah, I was, was going to say, um, yeah, Shingo's a heavyweight and I can still wear size small T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very weird situation for like two years. Shing, Shingo's walking around with a junior heavyweight belt. Um, bro, he's bigger than Will. And Will's are heavyweight. Yeah, and like, and then like when he broke out, everyone's like, "Oh wow, shocker on, on that one there." But it it will be interesting who they pull off. Um, definitely down here, and yeah, Robbie will always put on a banger for that junior heavyweight title. Hopefully, he gets a good run in front of a proper crowd. But man, that that four way was so good. Just bang, 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 bang. Got you. Everyone got their shit in. Yeah, it was good to like get the energy back up to lead into the IWGP US Championship match, which was kind of one of the marquee matches on the show, if not the marquee match. Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, no, definitely. And as I was about to say, it was the only thing that was missing from this Kingdom show was the random six-man tags, eight-man tags at the start of the show. 
Yeah, they haven't done that recently on Kingdom shows, though, because they have so many people. That's it. Like, you know, because that was always the start of it, and then, like, it would lull and then just go, like, this, and then just bang. Bang, 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 bang. Uh, You were off to the races. You'd get the four-way and it'd just go mental from there. Yeah. So, and and there was at the end of the four, like, I think it was at the start of the four-way where my my mate messaged me going, you told me the show was going to 11.30. It's, like, 9.30 and there's three to go, and I'm like... Yeah, we we powered through what six matches by two three hours. Oh jeez. Yeah, and then it was like, <laughs> mate, mate, just just watch. Yeah, and then the, the next two were massive. This and yeah, oh, that DDT was one of the most scariest things in the world that I've seen. I'm jumping, I'm jumping ahead a bit there because I did want to talk about the the entrances were also just off their head. Started with the epic Kenny Omega entrance inspired by Sephiroth from Final Fantasy with the one-winged angel. They made full use of that, those big screens, and holy crap, that was epic. That was so cool. And the funniest part in the, like the day after, I was watching Kind of Funny Games Daily on YouTube. Yep. And they did a live reaction to it. Oh, nice. But then they had to cut it out because they were like... Someone tipped them off like, ah, yeah, cut that out because New Japan are real bad on that sort of stuff. And I did see that they they tweeted it out, so I saw their reaction before it got cut from the YouTube thing, but I don't know if they deleted that tweet, so I'll have to check. Yeah. I hope they did. Oh, they're going to lose their whole Instagram account. That's bad shit. I got one that, again, this is so so stupid and so on breath. I was so salty they didn't have Devil Sky playing at first because, you know, we haven't heard that song in so long. And a mutual friend of ours, um, Nick, he's like, oh, it's so cool. They had the Final Fantasy reference in it. And he's like, oh, it's so cool. It came out to One Winged Angel. I'm like, mate, you're, you're stupid. It's called Devil Sky, you dirty casual. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't argue with him when it comes to Final Fantasy stuff. Promptly reminding <laughs> me how much of an effing idiot I am. Um, and then we got Devil Sky the next night, which I was quite happy about. But yeah, they, Kenny's entrances are always on, on point. Yeah, that one, that one was epic. Like, the moment when he, like, swung his arm out yeah. and the wing, like, popped out, like, whoa, so cool. Always delivers. He even did, like, he did the, like, full, like, turn evil look at the camera that you get yeah. from Final Fantasy games. Like, Kenny's a nerd. Oh, no, he delivers. He always does. Um, I'm starting to slowly understand half the references um, as I make my <laughs> way through my backlog of... What is Undertale? What is Final Fantasy VII? Slowly understanding what half these entrances are. So give it a couple of years and I might finally fully understand most of it. Following that, we had Will's entrance returning to the aerial assassin character and bringing back Elevated. Oh, banger. Such a good theme. Love it. Although I do like the the United Empire theme, but yeah. Yeah, It was cool to see this one back. And I wonder if that's going to end up playing into the future story with these two of the assassin can't beat the cleaner, mm. but the kingpin can beat AEW Kenny. Yes. The kingpin can beat elite Kenny, but the assassin can't beat the cleaner. Yes. And that's definitely where I think it's going. Cause it'd be the whole, Oh, you're just a member of the elite. You just play, you know, your goofy BTA bits in, a, in, you know, in America, Osprey knocks him off. Kenny come back to Japan and be like, all right, mate, let's go. And, you know, goes. So it will be 
that will be a lot of fun because you know for a fact this is going to be a massive trilogy. Os- Os- uh, Omega loves his trilogies. This is definitely not the end. Like This match was super violent, super vicious at times, but I also still felt like they were holding a lot back. Oh, yeah. They didn't go balls to the wall on this. Like It was nuts, but they still held a lot back. And like you mentioned, that DDT on the top rope onto the exposed turnbuckle, holy shit, I thought he was dying. I, I, cre- I did like a full audible cringe, like, oh. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, you know, especially at later time of night, family are trying to sleep, you know, contain yourself. And I just let out this squeal of like, what the, that is. And then he just comes up, just drenched in blood. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, like legit puddles on the ground of blood. It's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, it wasn't a little nip and tuck. That was a... That was a big cut. Yeah, that was, and then it like it just got more violent. Like we had the the double foot stomp onto the the table, and then Kenny uh, driving Will's face through the the table. That was also nuts. The nice little shining reference. Yes, that was the here's Johnny Kenny face. That was great. I thought that was hilarious. As soon as he did that, I was like, oh yeah, that's a shining reference. That's cool. Yeah, that that was it. Like this. I sent Karina that screenshot because she loves like horror movies. I was like, here you go. Here's Kenny being your best mate. Here's Kenny. Hey, Kenny, I'm Grandpa. <laughs> the best <laughs> joke I've seen about that. I'm effing out laughing when I say it the next morning. But, oh, man, they, they just fucking went for it. They just demolished it. And uh, there was like that Super Hurricanrana backflip thing off the top rope as well if i remember correctly and even will was like crazy vicious as well like he hit the hidden blade in the face yes he always hits it from behind but he hit it in the face I'm like oh jesus i was shocked kenny kicked out there i was like oh wow like you know what i mean like i was like because i was so kenny's not winning hmm? what would kenny win yeah kenny kenny won and it's like oh oh shit okay and he, he won with a very particular combination of moves, too. Yeah, that was a... I, I have to say, before we go into that, that promo from um, Ken, uh, Osprey, where he goes full British. Oh, at the press conference? Full, full British. Like full I, lad. Uh, yeah, that was... Like, again, I, sh- I showed that to my mate yesterday, because I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you haven't seen... He's like, oh, what's been happening in play fighting? I'm like, watch this. He's like... Did he kill him? Like, did he stab him during the match? Like, that was, that was where you kind of thought it was going, but, yeah, he went full, full British. Yeah, and, like, there was a lot of real emotions in that, that promo, too. Like, that, that was a great promo. That was just, wow. And that played into it. I'm like, Osprey's winning. Th- th- there's no chance. He has to win after that promo. Yeah, he's, he's incredibly fired up. And, yeah, he... That, then the nice, like, uh, it just unbelievably goes from calling the C word, which I'm pretty sure you're going to get very angry if I say, um, <laughs> multiple t- He caught him that a lot. Yeah, which, you know, again, to us is like, that's normal, but that venom, as I said, you can say the C word, it's how you say that C word is between I'm going to stab you and I'm going to get you another drink, mm-hmm. is how that word translates very well. And talking about, you know, the situation that happened with his mate that sadly happened, to then draw that into knocking out um, Ibushi mm-hmm. was like, 
how that is a roller coaster of a ride in a two minute promo. Yeah, so so good. And even like Don had a great line in that too, where that press conference where he talked about when Kenny left, it was raining, and it's not. It wasn't just raining; it was God crying that the God of pro wrestling was leaving Japan. Wow. The way with words is just incredible. But then, like we were saying, the match ended with a yep. very particular sequence of moves. Will giving Kenny the finger of like, I'm defeated, but I'm defiant. I'm not going to give up. Mm. And then uh, Kenny hits the Kamigoye into the one-winged angel, gets the one, two, three. That combined with the Kota Ibushi shirt that Kenny wore on Dynamite mm. the week prior. That's, again, another one of those something's happening here. TK isn't, although he did let Eddie Kingston wear a Charlie Evans shirt and nothing came out of that. Yeah. But perhaps it was just to lead into this match of like, remember what he did to my best friend who I still support. Yeah. But yeah, all of these factors added together makes me think Coda is not far away from yeah. a potential AEW appearance. That's what I'm thinking, because I was just thinking that when you said that, I'm like, so surely it's, it's the Golden Lovers. Yeah. The Golden Lovers versus Osprey, but it's like, who's Osprey's right-hand man? Like, there's a lot of them in that faction, you know, like, because I think Aussie Open's pretty much the second biggest in that group, but they're a tag yeah. team. Um, you, you're not going to throw in the, the mouthpiece guy. Yeah, it won't be Gideon. I reckon, yeah, Aaron Hanare will be the guy to elevate him. Yeah, but, like, again, even, you know, Aaron Hanare, it's, yeah, Osprey's up here. I wouldn't, I'm not disrespectful, but, you know. <laughs> the the golden lovers are up here. Osprey's here. Hanare's done here. Like, he's not on that level. That And that's why it's like, you put that match on paper, and you're like, oh, yeah, so Hanare's taking the pin. That's, that's, we can see that coming from, you know, from this point to whenever they announce the match to whenever they do the match away. Um, so that's the only situation there. I would say that's definitely where that's leading to because I would say New Japan don't really give a shit what you do in the matches. The United Empire don't have anyone from Canada yet. No. <laughs> Jericho just... <laughs> Jericho forces himself into another. No, I was just thinking, like, that's another uh, Commonwealth country and, like, everyone in the... I just realized it's Commonwealth, yeah, nations. Everyone in the United Empire is from a Commonwealth country. Yeah. Loosely, like TJP's Filipino Commonwealth country. Is that, so not, a, is that not one? It is, yes. It okay, is. good. It's, that's his, he's, he lives in America, but he's Filipino, so that's his connection. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's a fair point, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, maybe there's, like, a Canadian wrestler that they're looking at potentially adding Mm. Oh, I'm sure there's he someone can be the partner and that's a great way to like elevate them up to that level but I'm sure the Golden Lovers is happening at some oh that's that's again one of my safe bets for, for 2023 what do you expect it's that is one of the oh yeah okay cool you're picking the safety bets and then we'll see when that happens maybe it'll happen in Wagga Wagga <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking maybe a revolution depending on what Coda's contract status is or all out double or nothing double or nothing maybe that could be huge i i I reckon a lot of it will come from what happens in that ladder match because if you got your six-man tag you don't want you know a fourth guy just hanging on 
yeah, or, you know, hey, he's six-man tag chance, but because this thing happening in Japan's going on, we don't care what's happening on our weekly show. We're going to play around with Japan because they're a fun new toy to play with, you know. Because they didn't really advertise this match at all on AEW. Like, there was no call-outs. The ref, like, the, the announcers weren't like, oh, yeah, Kenny just had this hilarious match. But, you know, for nine ninety nine, get your new Japan World subscription and watch Inverse Osprey. Yeah. There was nothing, which was quite shocking. Um, you know, I thought that was very shocking that they didn't make any references to it. I'm, they're going to have to reference it this week because Kenny's got a massive black eye. Yeah, you know, uh, don't worry, that was just from the, the beatdown. Why does Kenny have really long hair and a black eye now? What happens? He fell down a flight of stairs. Yeah, so they're going to have to reference it, and perhaps that is the, the reason that they don't win the belts back, even though I don't see that happening. Yeah. After making this epic comeback yeah. to get to the seventh match, to then lose in the seventh would be weird. You know, and also it's a ladder match, but it's also one of those things that it's a ladder match, so nobody really loses. No one takes a clean pin, but you've had seven clean pins beforehand. Yeah. I think perhaps another way that they lose is Coda shows up and maybe Cole returns. I, I, I'm, I'm for sure thinking Cole shows up. That's a, I always thought he was... Remember when Cole debuted and they did the double return? Yeah. Adam Cole's here to save the day. Yeah. And then Coda comes in and takes him out. Yeah. Like they do the whole double cross and we get the, the Cole and Young Bucks group back as a trio. Mm. Coda and Kenny, Golden Lovers, split off again. Yeah. And then they go after the, the tag belts. And that would make sense. And, like, they can be like, we couldn't win the six-man belts with Kenny, but we can win them with Adam. Yeah. You know, or you just have Adam Cole versus um, Ibushi, where Ibushi kicks him in the head. That sounds like a great idea. Let's let's not do that. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, but other than that, it was a solid um, big Uncle Dave, Daddy Dave, gave it a good old uh, 6.75 out of 5. No, 6.25, 6 and a quarter. Oh, was, oh, I thought it was 6.75. No, I'm pretty sure it was only 6 and a quarter. No, because it's the second highest rated match ever, and Dave's given several 6.25s. Because then seven stars is like the other biggest one. Six and a quarter. Ah, okay. Uh, I was wrong then. But yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure, the second highest, I think. I swear I thought he gave other matches 6.25s, and that's why I was like 6.75. It wasn't seven, but it was close. Okay, so he gave eight, one match a seven. Yeah, which is the two out of three falls, Kenny Omega versus Okada match. Yeah, and then he's got two 6.25s. Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, so technically it is the second, uh, even though it's like second and third highest rated. Okay. Yeah, so it's Kenny Okada, two out of three falls was a seven. This match was 6.25, and Okada, Kenny from 2017 was 6.25. Yep. Osprey Shingo from 2021 was six. Yep, and then there's heaps of like five points, whatever. That's probably what I was getting myself confused. There's Five sixes or six sixes. Yeah. And Will's in <laughs> Will's in a bunch of them. And Okada and Omega in a bunch. Yeah. Will has like the most five-star matches of all time, apparently. That can't be the I think he might be behind he might be behind Masawa as the only other person. But he's like yeah. top two, top three of five-star matches. Which is nuts. Yeah. With how many years he probably still has left. Yeah, ex exactly, and how he's changed his style to, you know, 
have years left and have a bit more longevity. Yeah. 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 And, you know, like I said, it's not bad for someone that transitioned from a backyarder that was talking mm-hmm. to old, old mate bird brains <laughs> to, yeah, where he is now. So, yeah. Incredible match. Totally deserved the rating that it got. Yep. Uh, Forbidden Door 2 rematch. Bring it on. Yeah. That's that's definitely where I reckon. I reckon you go your tag match, then your tag match leads into your, you know, your Forbidden Door 2. Osprey gets his belt back. Because I don't think Kenny's going back to, back and forth to Japan very often. No. And I think Forbidden Door 2 either has to be at a massive stadium because it's going to draw even more than it did last time. Maybe TIA Bank in Jacksonville? Because at least running at least running a big venue like that, if you yeah. own it, it's fine. It's not going to break you. Whereas if they mm. ran like a Dallas stadium mm. and didn't fill it, that's a big money loss and look bad. If they run their own stadium, who cares how many it draws? It's going to be a record draw. That, that's it. It's, it's easy for them to tap off half the building. They're used to it. Jaguar fans don't even bother showing up. And it's going to draw like a, a record crowd for them. And that's all you tout. You just tout record attendance. Especially if you, you announce the main event is Kenny Osprey 3. Yeah. Because they got the PWG match, this one, and a third one. At, I'll take a third one at Forbidden Door 2. That's, that's all you need for that show. You don't need to announce anything else. That's it. Like, and a lot of people, like, they have, I haven't seen them. If they haven't seen the match, they've seen the hype. They know this is going to be off the head. Because you can't, I don't, don't think you could run your small serious center of 20K for something like that. You know, you need a little bit more oomph behind it. Especially because it, like the last one was such a like phenomenal show for both companies. Mm. And that was with a whole bunch of like random COVID changes at the last minute and injuries and stuff where. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hiromu didn't get to wrestle on that show. I don't think Despy ended up being on the show. Mm-hmm. Cole got injured like super early. Brian was out. Like, yeah, Punk does like Punk fucked his leg, stopped his leg. Yeah, like imagine we get Forbidden Door two mm. with the epic roster that we do FTR versus Aussie Open again. Yeah, we do Kenny versus Will. You do Okada versus Mox or Hangman. Yeah, uh, you do MJF versus and someone. Naito. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that's what I say. It's like Naito, you know, or you just don't have him on the show just to further the storyline of Unlock doing that Japanese flippy floppy um, stuff. Yeah, you could do that. Just have him cut a promo on how stupid Japan is. Mm, something like that. Maybe we're talking about MJF. If Jay White sticks around. Yeah. MJF Jay White could be cool. That would be, again, because... You wouldn't expect that's not your full New Japan match. That would be very hybrid style, very, you know, it'd be interesting what the setup is for that match. They're both dudes that people don't expect a lot out of in their matches. Yes. But when they do have matches, they both deliver. Exactly that. That is why that would be probably up there. And they can both talk. The promos in the lead up would be great. That that is exactly it. Jay White knows how to carry on and you know talk his head off. So that would be interesting to see. But Forbidden Door, Forbidden Door Two is just going to be a mental show. That is going yeah. to be a monster success, especially now that New Japan's starting. Because after this show, so many people I see on Twitter go, "Yeah, I kind of wrote New Japan off. Who wants to come spend New Year's in Japan with me?" <laughs> Was the you know everyone's like. 
Yeah, I'm. Ne- I've never been a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to Wrestle Kingdom. Like for me, if I'm doing a Japan trip, it's in the weird time, middle of summer for them. Best of Super Juniors. Sweat my nuts off in Corican. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the cold, um, and you will know about it in um, <laughs> about 40, 48 days when I blow up your phone going, I effing hate this, I don't like this, I hate this, this is shit, and just a bitching and whinging to you to the point where you're like, mute. Um, yeah, March they should be coming out of the crazy cold. Yeah, but I also know a lot of my British friends who I message going, it's 10 degrees, I hate this. And the response is, grow up. <laughs> that's warm, bro. That's nice. That's a nice day. <laughs> yeah, that's shorts and a t-shirt weather. And I'm like, uh, no, that's that that's the thermals. That's the, you know, the $500 Daddy Dan jackets <laughs> and thermal pants <laughs> that you wear outside going, I don't like this. Um, I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't mind dealing with some snow. Um, as someone that's never seen any snow in his life. Seeing some in Japan would not be bad. I'm, I'm sure you you would love a little bit of cold, chilly snow. No. No, 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 no. It'd be like the end of The Shining. I would much prefer, yeah, I'll go to Japan, middle of summer and humid sweat, sweat box, Corrigan, thanks. Best of, best of Super Junior Finals is probably the best you get out of me. I'll, I'll go to the toilet and come back five seconds later here on the snow, just like <laughs> crunched over like the end of The Shining. And it's like, ah, shit. Whoops! But yeah, Japan sounds like fun in the in the in the, uh, for the Tokyo Dome. That'd just be another another level of weird. But that's that's what I was seeing a lot of people going. Yeah, I gave up on New Japan and now I'm back because this was yeah, and that that was what this show was. It was the perfect coming back, and we haven't even spoken about the main event yet. Yeah. So on that front, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Jay White versus Kazuchika Okada. Uh, your typical Okada Wrestle Kingdom main event where, like, the first 10, 15 minutes don't really matter. Yeah, that, that's a standard, you know, it's not till you hit the, uh, the half an hour mark, which, again, is funny. My mate who watched it for the first time wasn't used to the 25 minutes pass. Oh, yeah, they do the announcements. Yeah, and, and, he's like, and I'm like, hey, what did you think of that? And he's like, I was trying to work it out the whole night. What the hell they were talking about? What they? What was this sound? And I'm like, no, it's just them letting you know that they have time limits. The same as the return of Kenny. Uh, yes. The high-pitched female. <laughs> that was, you know, and yeah, everyone clapping saying, Okada, Okada is always, they're staples of a Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So like, this was, yeah, your, your standard Okada match where it was kind of, Really slow, drawn out to begin with, but in the end delivers high quality. And once we got that like full flow of counters and big moves, I was like, okay, here we go. We're ready to go. But they were in such a difficult spot following Will versus Kenny. Like, I, I don't know what they could have done to top that match. Aside from somebody like Okada murders Jay White in the ring. That, and that that was exactly like I was I was kind of dreading the Bullet Club run in, you know. Okada hits him with five Rainmakers in a row, and like his head is just literally just like hanging on. And then the ref gets pulled out, and then we go for another, you know. And then all of them run in, beat him down, and Jay White, you know, gets up and hits the Blade Runner, and then Okada kicks out, and it's oh, and it's Rainmaker for you, Rainmaker for that. Then it's either you know the low blow. Blade Runner one two three or Okada just then k- 
kicks his head off. I mean, takes his head off with a Rainmaker, one, two, three, Okada wins. Like, that's, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, it, it definitely, it was just, a, it wasn't overbooked and it was. That's it. But it was nice that it was a, uh, I am probably going to get shit for this, largely forgettable match for an Okada Tokyo Dome show, if you know what I mean. Like, it was, yeah, the last 15 minutes was great, but yeah, at least it wasn't overbooked, you know, running and drama. If I'm recommending one, even two matches on this show, mm. it's not one of those two matches. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's why I said, like, you know, it's largely forgettable, but that's, you know, because of the competition you have on this show and just Okada matches in general, like, he can just do some unbelievable things. It's, yeah, it's just the position they were in was really difficult. And the outcome was predictable, or relatively predictable too, given that this was essentially a tribute show to Antonio Inoki who passed away in October last year. So yeah, there was only ever one guy that was going to be standing tall at the end of this show. And it was the, the guy from New Japan. Yeah. And also at the same time, this is the reboot. Like I, 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 as I said, this was kind of a, Hey, look, we know we lost you all during COVID, but you know, come back. Like they tried last year, this with Okada winning at the dome and getting the new belt and his crowning moment. And then, you know, still hate that belt. Oh, still the most ugliest looking thing in the world, but it's. Especially when Okada puts it on around his waist and it's like almost wraps around him twice. Yeah. Um, and you know, this felt like a, this is a good point to get all your mates back on board and, you know, for everyone to kind of start giving us a chance again, cheering made it so much better. But yeah, you you knew Okada was well, Okada wasn't losing, especially with all the Jay White rumors of is he leaving? Is he going? Is he staying? Is he not? I did see apparently Jay White has like two years left on his contract, so if that's the case, he's not going anytime soon. But the, everyone was carrying on like he had like literally thirty seconds left. Like his contract expired the second he got pinned in that main event. It's like, oh yeah, his contract's over. No. Nah. That, that's the, the the feeling I had seen online about it all. But again, that does not shock me that yeah, people grossly miss miss overread things and that online. Yeah, no, apparently like he has two years left, so Oh yeah. So two more It makes me think, yeah, that loser leaves Japan matches Hikuleo's gone. He's I thought I thought so too. Like when they said a loser leaves, I thought this is just too obvious. This is too obvious and whatnot that it has to be a like a uh, the false flag or whatever the term is there of oh definitely all the rumors of Jay White's leaving let's play into it lol he doesn't lose because you all thought he was yeah I thought it was just it was too obvious um sometimes it's just had a, his missus just had a kid or something I've seen people carrying on online as well it was like I'm like wait his missus had a kid <laughs> I, I haven't kept up Tanahashi posted something in the last like day or two about apparently New Japan Strong is ending. Yes, 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 yes. I did see that this morning. Yes, I know all about this. With the Honor Club returning and Tony talking about the the partnership that they apparently have for that, Mm. maybe Strong is like becoming like part of Ring of Honor or something and it's just going to be under under that umbrella and used as like an excursion location instead of Mm. Strong being the excursion location. And maybe they send Jay over there for a bit to, like, let's refresh you and go, 
Mm. You're, you're a US guy. You're the guy in the US. And Okada is the Japan guy. And then Osprey is the dude we just send everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it'd be more Higaleu loses. JY gets some monster heat back, you know, especially after losing the belt. You know, rehab him a little bit. Because um, I believe Chris did say on the announced team that, no, 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 you leave the company. It's not a loser leaves Japan, but you go hang out in Mexico for six months. It's, no, 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 loser leaves, like, loser's fired. There's no loopholes in it, because I'm pretty mm. sure they did shut that loophole straight away. Oh, yeah, well, with the Hikaleo rumours that came out today, I was like, okay, so yeah. he, he's actually going to WWE. Yeah, or if he's not going, it's kind of a, well, we're going to put you on the little, you haven't signed a contract yet, so we're just going to act like you are leaving. And if you're not, then you can come back in a couple of months. Yeah, we have a reason to write you off. Yeah, so that's that's right. But I definitely reckon the New Japan uh, together makes it so much easier. I don't watch Strong, but I'll watch it if Ring of Honor and Strong are together instead of watching more programming. Yep. So, yeah, that's Wrestle Kingdom. In terms of match mm-hmm. of the night, I think it's pretty obvious which one we're, yes. we're dropping there. Osprey versus Omega, which for me at the moment is match of the year front runner, which makes sense. We're a week into the year. Yeah, we are only one week in. Which potentially might get toppled this week. It probably will, um, but it's also one of those. I don't think it will. I, I love a good car crash. Yeah. I love a good dumpster fire. I also love a good dumpster fire as you also know that. So, yeah, if it's a car crash, this match, I will absolutely love it. If they have time, the ladder match could overtake this, but just the amount of, like, emotion in Osprey Omega makes it hard. Brian Danielson versus Takeshita, that could also be an absolute banger on Dynamite this week. That is going to be, yeah, that is absolutely going to over-deliver. Brian is going to make sure he makes Takeshita look like a freaking star. He's already a massive star, but... He's already a massive star, but you know what I mean? He's going to give him that little extra polishing up and, you know, I again, I wouldn't be shocked if Brian loses. Well, he's not going to. Not with the stipulation we have now, which kind of annoyed me when I saw that. I was like, ah, oh, he's definitely beating Takeshita now. Yeah, which he kind of should because Brian has never won that big match and he's not beating MJF. We, we both know that now. I think MJF holds that belt until this time next year, if not later. You, you kind of have to, like, un, unless... The bidding war of 2024, and he has the belt. The one belt I would say they haven't screwed up is their world title. Oh, sorry, let me... I realised I said that after the whole punk drama, but, you know, that's so out of their control that it's, you can't... Yeah, that that wasn't storyline scrub. Yeah, like I said, the, like I said, yeah, you've had your TNT title misfires, um, which is completely on them. You've had tag belts. They've been you know, pretty solid. They had a couple they've of They've been weird. solid. Yeah. You know, like, you know, but I'm, I'm not a big, I, I like my tag team wrestling, but, you know, your heavyweight singles divisions where it's at. The That belt, they've never screwed up. So I don't see them taking the belt off him. They do love their one year minimum reign as champion or, you know, six to eight month runs as champ minimum. So it'd be it'd be interesting. I, don't know. I just see him holding it as like they'll do the sum the whole summer of punk thing where yeah he has the belt and he walks out. Yep, and I I, I this is the dumb this is the dumb things I think up of sometimes. I just hope he takes a photo holding that belt at Disney 
going, hey, going to go hang out with the new owners. I'm at Disney World. Well, yeah, with the WWE news this week of a potential sale, if the, if that if they sell that and it goes to a TV station and Vince isn't in charge and they sort of look at it like, look what he's doing over there with AEW and working with other companies and stuff, and it's paying off big numbers for them, like that mm. Forbidden Door Show, incredible numbers in terms of income. Why don't we open the floodgates with the WWE and let's work with these guys and cross-promote these things and the bidding war of 2024 becomes MJF walks out with the belt and he shows up on a Raw, an AEW contracted guy. That, that is where things will be very, very interesting. This leads these two talks together is that's going to screw up the whole storyline. If, if it becomes the, like, the Saudi royal family, which I wouldn't be shocked. I've watched enough half as interesting and real-life law videos on YouTube to comfortably understand how they're putting their money into things and not into dinosaur juice out of the ground. <laughs> you know, I, I may not be an expert on it, but like I said, I've watched enough YouTube stuff to call myself an expert. <laughs> as I just see your eyes rolling in the back of your head. <laughs> you know, I would. I reckon they. I. I definitely reckon they will win. They will. They are the only people that can really outbid Disney. Uh, NBC could probably could. You've got. If you've got Saudi, yeah. If you've got Saudi money and they want to buy it, if they want to buy it, they buy it. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like I said, not trying to get into geopolitical stuff and stuff that, again, I watch YouTube videos <laughs> to learn stuff. Um, you know, if the Saudis want something, they want it. You're going to, and I wouldn't be shocked if that's where Vince was and he was like, hey, they kicked me out of my own company. This is bullshit. I just finished watching this TV show Succession. <laughs> I've got an idea. You know, that's, that's kind of where things, that's where everything kind of comes from me. Again, nothing nothing shocks me. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if Fox buys them. I, I don't think they will. Well, it's one of their highest rated shows. Yeah. Um, and Big big Dave, Daddy Dave has always said, why why are we paying all this money when we can just buy it? And all, that's what happened with UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's that will be interesting because, like I said, if Disney buys it or Saudi buys it, like I said, they – they might turn around and Vince, 100% in charge, Vince might just turn around and go, no, 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 no. I just run it like a dictatorship. Mm. And that's not trying to be a comment on social political in the Middle East or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, Vince, and then that whole storyline dies because we know MJF's not going there yeah. because of changes or, you know, they do open the floodgates and go, hey, Fox owns it and they want as high as rating possible yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It is going to be very fucking, and that's why I reckon at the end of the year, the MJF storyline is going to be the biggest egg on their face or... To be a massive cash cow. That's it, you know, and that's that's why, like, I know a small fish to fry and the whole big grand scheme of this thing's a sale, but, like, the bidding war of 2024 either doesn't happen at all and it becomes a flop or, as you said, you know, he shows up because they're like, no, no, no. Some fuck venture capitalist that also somehow owns shares in the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. <laughs> you know, like how these, the weird world of sports works and all that sort of stuff there. They're like, yeah, let, let's play nice. I think if the Saudis buy it, there's no hope. Like, because if the Saudis buy it, it's going to be private. Vince is going to be running it. Vince McMahon's going to be right. And it's going back to the old, old ways of Vince running the show. Yep. But if, yeah, a Disney 
or a Fox or an NBC buy it. Hmm. And they, they let Vince run it for a little bit and then they see dwindling numbers. They go, that's it. Out you go. All new re- regime change. Yeah, which I, I highly doubt because at the end of the day, you, you'd have to be stupid because so, that's... He's definitely putting a clause in there where you can't sack me for X amount of years. Yeah. Like I've, you know, I work for a big, like a decent sized company where we've sold off divisions and all that sort of stuff there. And I've seen the first thing they do when they got sold, everyone got fired. Mm-hmm. Everyone that was in the upper management was instantly fired and replaced with guys from the ones that bought them out. And that's rule 101. I've also watched suits a lot. So I also understand quite a lot about legal, you know, mm. you clean house. And that's why I'm like, Vince isn't going to sell to someone that's instantly going to fire him. That's even for Vince levels, that's stupid. He's going to make sure there's some sort of cover where they, he, he has to stay there for so long, but yeah. And that's, that's it. That's why it's like when you brought up the, you know, the um, MJF stuff, I'm like, man, it's, yeah, like I, because it's like, it's like the payoff to the um, MCW storyline with uh, Lockie, you know, Papa H. It mm, ended up just being nothing. <laughs> and it just, it, it paid off. It paid off at Wrestle Rock in a song and, in a song and dance number. That was the payoff to the storyline. And it was like, I, I, I don't know if there's more meant to be more to it or not. I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, but you don't want that storyline payoff of oh okay cool sweet you know that that's why it's going to be very interesting to see if they keep going because i seen mjf put up a little thing going oh yeah disney buys it that that works in my favor yeah i love i love i love all these companies yeah and it's like i i want to see him go to disney world and just you know what i mean get a photo of mickey mouse and be like oh yeah just casually seeing what's going on over here next next time they have like a dark taping even though it's very unlikely he's ever doing a dark, but just fly yeah. him to Orlando just so he can go to Universal, stand in front of the sign, go to Disney, stand in front of the castle. Yeah. Get those photos. That's, that, that's it. It's get those photos and just have the tongue in cheek of, you know, this is funny because it's so dumb. I know. I can just see that being like the big story. Get to 2024. MJF is like, oh, my contract ends the day after revolution or something. Mm. He has this big title match. He wins. And then if that is a potential open where he can go to an impact or he can go to if WWE has sold to someone like a Disney and he can show up on a mm. a random roar on the Monday and then mm. back at Dynamite on Wednesday and then SmackDown on Friday, that would be huge and would draw massive numbers on all of those shows. Like remember when Kenny was doing like he was showing up on Raw on Dynamite. He was showing up on Impact. He was going to Mexico. Like, yeah, you could do that, and it, but you hit that one place that you couldn't go before. It, exactly, exactly that, and that's because it's also one of those things. Like on the whole MJF thing, it's like I, I believe I believe the storyline is his contract expires January first. I think that's the story they're trying to tell. I don't know if that's the real date, but I think that's the storyline real date. And it's like, do they do a New Year's Eve show? Where you know what I mean, like. Oh, well, they ha- they always have the New Year's Smash, which is the Wednesday before New Year's. Like that's that's the thing. I don't, I don't know when New Year's Eve is. Uh, it'd probably be Monday for us. Um, it is Monday is New Year's Day, so Sunday the thirty first. So yeah, so do you do a pay per view on that Sunday, and you advertise it as? Because I think WCW did this, or there was one of their they were meant to do it. 
the main event starts at New Year's Eve on New Year's like midnight or something like that, and the fireworks they do a big fireworks display. I swear I remember something about it. Um, and MJF, the whole thing is he can lose and then no longer be champion, and his contract expires instead of the lol the Wednesday before. Yeah, sure, whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's it'd be interesting. Yeah, so I know we'll see. I'm excited to see how it plays out, but. If MJF isn't champion this time next year, I'm going to be very confused. That's, yeah, and that's exactly it. And going, going back to what started this rant, he's not, yeah, Brian, hour long, Brian's going to get out. He's going to get cheated on the last pinfall. Like, Max is going to be just like, they're going to be neck and neck 59 minutes, and then Max is going to cheat and get the last one. That That's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> he, he has a video show off of William Regal looking disappointed at Brian causing the distraction of like, ha, lol, there's, you, there's your mate. Hey, Regal might be a free agent by then. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> so for Wrestle Kingdom overall, out of five, where, where would you rate this show? Oh, I'd give it a solid four. Yep, that's where I fell as well. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm not going to give it a five out of five because, like, not every match was a banger. You did get through six matches in two hours. And, yeah, there was a lot of, like, cool, cool. You had Carl Anderson on the show. That kind of is, like, a negative one straight away there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that match alone, minus one. You got, you got the cool debut. You got an absolute banger singles match. Your solid main event. Yeah. Epic fatal, like, fatal four-way. Really cool junior tag match. That was enough. Everything else is kind of just there. It brought back the spirit of New Japan. It brought back the spirit as to why when people go... Why people watch Wrestle Kingdom. Why are you getting up at 1am on a January 4th, whatever day that happens to be? Yeah, why are you getting up January 3rd at 6am, you know, 2am in the morning or whatever? Like, why would you bother doing this? Um, yeah, why would you invest in a product that, for the most part, you've got no idea what is going on because only a little bits of it, oh, most of it's now translated, but... There's still language barriers. And it reminded me, and it, like I said, I was happy to just unsubscribe at the end of the month. You know, that's it. Maybe watch some old matches, but unsubscribe. But I'll probably let it roll for a bit. It's annoying that Battle in the Valley isn't included. Yeah, that... That's the one thing that annoys me about their US shows. All the US shows are not included in World. It's like, why? Yeah, you, you either you cough up your 40 bucks, cough up your 40 bucks, or you find your alternative um streaming services it's just weird like it's a new japan show it should just be in world you you want us to watch this stuff let us watch it yeah. like i understand hey pay, pay locker for the americans make them pay but you know to encourage them to actually just go to the show instead yeah or it's like no this is on eight o'clock at night for you guys there's no excuse for you not to watch it versus hey this is on a like a saturday like a saturday afternoon or a you know tuesday arvo for you guys Okay, cool. We understand why you're probably not going to drop the money on it to watch it live. Yeah, I don't know. It's just every every time they've run a US show and it's been not included in World, but you get it like 30 days later or something. Like, this is just weird. Yeah, which is kind of like the Honor Club drama with it's all oh, to be on Honor Club within 60 days. I know. I'm, I'm holding off on Honor Club until we find out what the weekly Ring of Honor show is. And then, yeah. And then I'll probably do like a six month or a couple of months and see how it is. And, if I stick with it or not. Yeah, I don't have to pay for the WWE Network anymore because it's on Foxtel, so that helps me out a bit. Kind of a little bit sucks. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at least I have my 15 or $16 or $17, depending on the exchange rate of month, free to blow on the... you got to be loving that $0.68 cents at the moment. 
Mm, yeah, loving it. Thanks. Mm. Yeah, great. Uh, Probably just as good for the euro, the pound. Oh, what what do you mean? I got. I only just realised that fifty four cents. Yeah, well, that's just normal. I just go like I literally <laughs> mainly when they're booking things, and it's like, oh, this hotel's two hundred dollars. That's four hundred dollars Australian. That's what I do in the US. If it ends up being less, I'm like, oh, sweet bonus. Yeah, that's it. She's like, you're so wrong. I'm like, no, it's Adam. It's fifty cents. It's fifty six cents. It cost us. $350, 50 bucks. Okay, yeah, I'm a little bit off. Yeah, at least I'm, I'm not under-preparing. I'm over-preparing. So, this, again, you need to know how bad I am with geography and just real-life stuff. I didn't realize that Ireland uses the euro. Mm-hmm. So I have to use the, because I'm doing Northern Ireland, then mainland Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. And I'm really hoping Scrapple Mania is on that time even though Louisa has instituted a very strict, we are not going for wrestling, we're going for a holiday. Uh, you know, it, uh, a lot of couple. We did ruin her whole birthday last year. Didn't ruin it, it just happened that we happened to be in, you know, that was a good coincidence. <laughs> I tried that lot this year and she didn't fall for it. Um, you know, I'm kind of hoping Scrapple Man is on, but I've got to have two different currencies, mm-hmm. which is a bit of annoyance. And then it's like the euro is different conversion rate to the pound. So I can't just base everything off <laughs> an average of, ah, oh, it's 55 cents on the dollar. It's no, this one's a little bit different. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah. So that's my, my fun I have to deal with now is trying to learn new exchange rates and <laughs> time zones. Well, we will let you get to that. Thank you everyone for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason Wookie with two E's. And you can follow me on social media at Jamie Ups Media and at Perio Magazine. Thanks for jumping on for another ridiculously long wrestling review episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when I come on these? You and Chris Fresh, we just go off. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually tried my best this time to be like, focus. <laughs> and I'm seeing the timer in the corner and I'm like, We've hit two hours and we haven't talked about Okada yet. Shit. People will love it. I did try my best. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart... Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.